On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if James from the Timeline Scavengers can surpass Cassie as head scavenger, if The Walking Dead ends its fall season with a bang or a whimper, and which eight independent and horror shows will make it to the sweet 16 of the bracket. All of that and so much more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book, period. I am your host for the evening, Mike Vagno, and with me, as always, is Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Just sitting over here getting fucking used to this shit. Used to what shit? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Uh, I knew when Cassie called in sick because she put her mm-hmm. feet into shoes that were filled with poop, probably filled by you, and her feet started to sneeze because I guess she's allergic yep. to poop is what you were telling me. Look, I'm not disgusting. I didn't poop in her shoes, but you, I did collect other people's poop and shoved it in her shoes. I guess that's better than directly putting your butthole above her shoes and letting it fly. Uh, that I knew that I was not going to be asked to host. I just it's it's normal. Right. It's regular. It's just it's never going to happen for me, and that's fine. I'm pursuing other paths in life. Well, I don't know, Ryan. If you've what seen paths the, you ask? Crematorium. What paths? I'm gonna the crematorium I'm, path. I'm gonna burn people. Like dead people? Well, I mean, I've been burning live people with sick burns my whole life, so now it's probably time to do it on dead people. Is that why they call you the crematorist? <laughs> that's that, that's why. <laughs> I couldn't imagine any other reason. Uh, Ryan, much to our chagrin, the board said there's no way in hell you and I could do this show alone. We need some sort of, I don't know what adult supervision means. They've heard, they've heard the OCD. This is not the ocd we have our new good friend from the timeline scavengers it's james i should have asked his last name hey at the uneffable james right that's your twitter handle Uh the ineffable james something like that oh i'm no i'll say it i'm super effable um (laughs) that one took a that took a moment to get through the sensors um hey 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 hi how are you guys doing that, James, you were recently on Superhero Show Show as an interview guest, and it did not go well. Not a ton of rapport. I am surprised to see you here. Are you surprised to see you here? Hey, Ryan. Thanks. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's, uh, that, that anybody who listened to that show, and you should have, uh, knows it's a lie. Uh, right now, Ryan and I are too close. So says Cassie, our wives, the board. And for some reason in mine and Ryan's private text, the James is also just there as well. There, the rapport was too good, too hot to handle. They say, and for the listeners who can't see us right now, uh, James, I was just kidding right now. James is flipping me off double bird and mouthing. Fuck you. And I was just <laughs> kidding, dude. That's how, you know, I like you. <laughs> That's why you pulled so much ass in fifth grade. When he was in fifth grade, it's, it's okay to pull ass in fifth grade if you're in fifth grade. I agree. Cheers to that. <laughs> That's not what this show's about. <laughs> I want to know, because I know generally what your life is, James, and it oh. sounds atrocious. Wow, okay. Uh, to, to people unfamiliar with you, you are on 18,000 podcasts, including one where you're going scene by scene, chronologically, through the MCU. Correct. 
So how much time do you have to just watch other TV shows in a normal order based on comic books? Based on comic books. Um, this week, and that's it. So, good time. Even though your life is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, normal order is not... Um, <laughs> You're not into that. That's pedestrian. Yeah. <laughs> all, 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 all jokes... Well, they're still there, but in all... Mm, here's something true. Um, <laughs> I sometimes run out... Like, I get to the end of a project, and I'm like, what do I... What do I want? How do I know what to watch now? And that's a, yeah. that's a weird place to get. So that is my life. It is. I, uh, we don't do this often, talk about real life, but to show some lag, reveal behind the curtain. I was all caught up for this show. My wife was gone for the evening and I had time to watch something and went, what do I don't even know what to do now? Here's what I do. Um, I have spreadsheets made of all of the seasons that have won Emmys for both comedy and drama since I was born. Oh, James, oh, you are you are, are talking you? my language right now. This is I fucking I'm love this. Furious. Shit. This is how Cassie feels, just watching two people grow closer and closer in front of her eyes and furious that there's no way she could stop it. <laughs> so I'm working my way through that. Um I keep a percentage of how many episodes I've watched versus how many there are. I'm at about forty percent of the comedies and uh much less on the dramas because I was afraid, but now I see that they're mostly cop stuff until recently when they become dragon stuff. How are you feeling about Lou, what's the full name of that show? The spinoff of Mary Tyler Moore that w- was a hard hitting drama. Oh, Lou Grant. That's Lou Grant. You think I'm? Oh, uh, well, actually, that's not that much older. That one in like eighty, I think. So that's before my time. Oh, okay. first season of Cheers was my first show. So like, not too shabby to start off with. A, despite with a good one. despite Cheers being fucking phenomenal, goddamn, do I yeah. wish that was uh, based on a comic book so we could review it. Uh, <laughs> you are putting a lot of trust in the Emmys. Like, have the Emmys steered you wrong? Here's what I've noticed. Um, the shows have been mostly fine. I'm watching, I've watched all, I watched all of Sex of the City with my wife in college. I am watching season three because it won. Oof. That show sure was of its time and no other time. Um, and I'm also sorry. There's... Well, it's Lady Entourage, so. Yeah. 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 You know Only what? Like I think I making think statements women deserve about bullshit too. Yeah, it. Yeah, but the, the big thing is that the only show to win best comedy series since I've been alive with a primarily black cast was The Cosby Show. So, in a way, yeah, we should have probably had some winners on like Atlanta and stuff because Atlanta rules. But, but you're not legally allowed to watch it now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I've, um, I've. I didn't really watch the Cosby Show when it was on. Mike, do we have to go? Do we have shit to do tonight? Like this is crazy, but I love it. Uh, I didn't watch the Cosby Show when it was. <laughs> no, on. I'm. I'm enthralled. Uh, this is a Mike show, baby. And I can't. I can't imagine watching it now and being able to forget for a single second about who this person is. Uh, this person who is who was like heralded as you know making african american people think that like oh we can be on tv too and it doesn't have to be about how you're black you know you're you're not othered on this mm-hmm. show uh you know you got the the doctor husband and the shrink wife and how important the show is and i will just always see a rapist in a weird sweater yeah uh speaking of rapists and weird sweaters hmm. tonight we are covering in our main segment the walking dead but before we get to that we are going to our show bracket we are here to find the elite eight of independent and horror television shows. Ryan, it's been so long since I've gotten to say your name like that. How 
Are your votes guided? Uh, basically, um, what would Seth would do, and then second, what would Ryan do, and then third, what would Julie Cooper do? I'm sorry, you say my name like that, and it sends me into a fugue state that I cannot control. Is are we assholes for not gifting each other bracelets that say WWJCD? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes, we're assholes. Julie Cooper. <laughs> uh, do not use Julie's name in vain. Um, so. We are trying to. We're uh, counting down to our 400th episode, where we will. Ha- we're going to have a sweet 16 bracket. We're going to have all of the current and former guests, uh, or hosts, or whatever panelists on the show. Uh, we're going to start with the indies, and basically, what we're doing is what is obviously what is the best show, but then mm-hmm. there's other factors like what is the most important show to us. You know, like right, so what th- helps us become who we are. That's yeah. all any of our podcasts are about. Is why are we the way we are? We. <laughs> Sometimes I uh, people at my job will say, "Why are you the way you are?" And I just hand them episodes of my podcast on on <laughs> I printed disc. the transcripts out. <laughs> James, what what what? And it doesn't have to be a superhero show, but what name? Give me a show that helps you make you the way you are. Thanks a lot, Mike. Um, I would have to say The Simpsons, probably primarily. Secondarily, probably Captain Planet. Maybe uh, Get Smart. You know. Old sitcoms, live action, and uh, The Simpsons pretty much is it. But uh, yeah, there was a time when I when I equated uh, if you know Simpsons quotes, you can say them and people will want to be your friend. And uh, I've pretty much stuck oh. with that uh, that philosophy from there on out. We're all from the same generation, buddy. But eventually <laughs> that became Anchorman, and that's when I went, oh, I need a real personality. I can't <laughs> fucking quote Anchorman. <laughs> I was at a I, I was at a party recently where a group of guys were in a circle just saying Anchorman and Tommy Boy lines at each other with no context, just just saying them. What I like to do uh, to fuck with those kinds of guys is you just scream Tommy Boy, <laughs> Anchorman, <laughs> instead of quoting anything. You just scream the name of the movies they're all quoting instead of getting a goddamn personality. I walk in and I'm like, my son, and they're like, what? I'm like, oh, that's from Sophie's Choice. Oh, man, you guys haven't seen Sophie's Choice. That shit is hilarious. <laughs> Fried green tomatoes, I assume they say, in Sophie's Choice. James? Yeah. Speaking of Sophie's Choice. You are going to lead us through these brackets, so yeah. please take us to the first battle. Sure. Sure, I will. Here we go. Uh, the first battle is occurring between all the boys. No, uh, the, just the boys. Um, and... A whole town called Riverdale. And this is the number one seed versus number eight. Right. Which is crucial to um, what we're thinking here. So the boys is a bunch of guys who are superheroes, but also kind of evil. And Riverdale's uh-huh. like Archie, but um, mean. Also kind of evil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are these right. the same show? They might be the same show, but uh, if you've listened to our late great host Cassie they are not because she has loved Riverdale and uh, because she approves of women she does not like the boys has her little voice on your shoulder Ryan made you dig in your heels and be more pro boys or are you starting to be like I don't know should we go the other way that's a real good question Mike let me tell you Uh, I've been thinking about it a lot and uh, her everything that Cassie says about the boys makes me love the boys more but then when Cassie talks about the boys and you call her a media illiterate uh, that makes me like the boys less. So I am. Well, the boys aren't calling her a media illiterate. Me, one of the biggest fans of the boys, is calling her a media illiterate. Yeah. Does that help? No, it doesn't help. On the other side, it's. I think it's important to remember, like how big of a deal Riverdale was <laughs> when it first came out. It 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 not, and 
we heard like what are they gonna do riverdale's adult now sure oh you're ripping from dawson's creek the high school students fucking the teacher fine and that's when they're like we were all born of serial killers and maybe there's magic and you'll never know what's going on hey kids you like twin peaks dare me to drive uh this show is crazy they killed luke perry in real life that's wild that they committed to Uh, moment of silence Uh, not actually it's a podcast okay yeah oh shit (laughs) You really talked us into that. You should be a minister well, or something. I. It's weird when uh, I constantly forget how sad I am thinking that he's no longer with us. I always well, have a problem with when we talk about Mr. Sinister because you guys say Mr. instead of Mr. Sinister. So it's should Mr. Sinister? Should we? Go, should he go get like his degree or whatever and become Minister Sinister? So you I thought you were going to say Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please. His father was Doctor Sinister. He is the minister sinister. What does that have to do with fucking Riverdale, Ryan? Uh, I don't. I because I like this is we we've been talking about this bracket for like a month now, and we were like uh-huh. the first round's pretty easy, and we're right away. I'm like fuck. I don't know what to do. Let's stall. When you stall, you bring so, up Mister Sinister. This is something my shrink says to keep doing. Let's bring it to a vote. Oh shit! <laughs> so it's it's hard. Uh, where I am at is Riverdale probably is a bigger deal, but it's valleys are so deep and its peaks actually aren't that peaked and the boys is a a surprisingly well-made show every episode nominated for best drama at the aforementioned emmys and anthony Starr might be one of the best actors we've had in our 64 shows jamathan yeah i'm going riverdale all right well that means that there's a split which means it's up to me and by me i mean cassie so cassie picked let's see uh, a show called Fuck Off Mike. Oh, no, sorry. That's the <laughs> subtitle. It's uh, Riverdale. No, I believe it's it. for sure Riverdale. Um, and she knew how I would vote. <laughs> the number one seed goes down. Oh, because Cassie's a media literate. Next battle, James, please. All right. So, hey, 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 everyone. We're going to go on to the number 13 versus number five. Uh, Stumptown versus I Am Not Okay With This. I've seen one of them and not the other one. And he won't reveal which is which. I won't. And if you try and guess, you <laughs> might end up being not okay with the answer because I have seen that I'm not okay with this. Not. <laughs> this is a battle of female-led single-season shows that we all uh-huh. thought for sure we're going to get a second season and then did not, and it's because of COVID. So that's a lot yeah. in common yeah. for these two. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania where I'm not okay with this takes place, and I was just in Stumptown where Stumptown takes place, so that's wow. weird. Do you guys ever actually that weird? I like Stephen King, so I am not okay with this. Is basically that. So I like that one. Um, with sight on Stumptown Unseen, uh, I really, 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 really liked. I am not okay with this. It also has two people from it in it, so it is literally just a sort of it spinoff kind of. It's so much better than it. When anybody brings up the says the state Pennsylvania, do you guys is your first thought that's where vampire pencils come from? And then you're like, oh, no, that's actually one of the states of the country. No, growing up, let me tell you, the reason my family moved us when I was six, that is where vampire pencils come from, Ryan. So they moved it there to be around vampire pencils. No, no, no. We moved away because the vampire pencil influx. Uh, I mean, a number two pencil is what I like to use in order to draw blood. James, can we please please Yeah, let's bring it to a vote. I'm trying to get in the middle of an argument and then just just burst in like a 
like a child just trying to solve dad and mom's problems. Um, I was going to say, you want your parents' divorce? (laughs) Yeah, I was too young for that. But thanks, Mike. Hey, me too, buddy. They divorced when I was, before I was a year old. Yeah, they tell me they were married. Anyways, let's bring it to a vote. (laughs) Ryan? I think that this one feels bad, but I think that if I had to choose a second season, I would go with Stumptown. I knew you fucking would, you Stumptown bitch. Unlike Ryan, I have class. I'm picking I'm not okay with this. And that brings it back to me. And Cassie and I are also very okay with I am not okay with this. Oh, shit. Which brings us to the next one, which is uh, the very tiny printed number two seed versus the much larger printed number seven seed. It's Umbrella Academy versus Dark Matter. Once again, I have seen one of these. James, let me ask you this. Have you heard of the other one? Uh, dark matter as a, like a physics thing, like a, like a, an astronomy thing. Yes. When I'm Uh, ever asking you a question, I'm only asking about the physics astronomy part. Good, 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 good. good. Yes. Then yes. I do have a coffee table book that says the physics of dark matter and people think they're going to learn about some Stephen Hawking stuff, but it's just like, (laughs) why were the characters numbered and not named? Can I speak for you in saying that uh, Dark Matter is very important to the show? Uh, I'm so it's crazy that it made it to the second round. Goodbye. Can like you can speak for you saying that? No, come uh, on, come on. In important, I, I think canonically uh, by lore, it is one of the most important shows. It is superhero show show at nay our hour at the time could have bailed. We were at that point there was no shows on, but we were watching Batman the animated series for kicks and Dark Matter. And it made us think maybe trash could be good. Umbrella Academy, the first season is meh, and the second season is pretty good. And then there's Pogo, who is great. But I think if who do I demand get a second another season right now? Who would I watch right now once we hung up on this call? My vote's Dark Matter, baby. James, right, the, that- the host of the show, Mike uh, Gravano, is absolutely destroying your ship just crashing it into a mountain right now he's ruining this bracket the captain forces the ship to go down oh my ship no no no. my my ship is a is on propellers so it's above the sea it's it's just flying high um captain mark Danner over here yeah uh yes but i don't know who that is so cassie has also voted for the umbrella academy so okay um it, it it goes on uh uh history and legacy aside is that three split so far? Yeah. Yep. Got to keep it interesting somehow. And this late in our relationship, James. Yeah. Take Sorry. us to our next argument. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Um, number three is uh, the third seed is End of the Fucking World. And Resident Alien is the other one. I haven't watched either of these. So oh, I'm intimidated by curse words. Uh, so scene by scene. An alien to use a curse word. I like this is one that I will say if you didn't have a second season, this would be close for me. But End of the Fucking World was this really nice one season story. It got too many views, got too many watches, and they had to continue the story, even though it was sort of done. And Resident Alien right now is as close to a like confident, perfect first season as we have ever seen on this show. Made for us. Uh, Yeah, it's it's wild. Sitcoms, I am okay with the trope of and we'll never learn any actual lessons uh the end of the fucking world the whole season was about these two unlearnable people finally learning 
to uh, at least trust each other. And the second season went, nah. <laughs> so uh, I have to agree with Ryan. Resident oh, Alien. Well, there you go. That's an agreement. So um, I guess I'll just not look at what Cassie voted for and move on to we're into the horror now. All right. So we got our number one seed, uh, The Walking Dead, um, versus the number nine seed, Winona Earp. All righty. I almost wish it was a different fight because if we're talking about history, Walking Dead was there. There are four shows that existed before we existed. Four, we had four gods that made us go, the world needs a show that watches every single TV show based on comic books. And The Walking Dead was one of them. What were the other three? Gotham, Gotham Arrow, Shield, and, and Arrow. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> we remember our lore so friend. much. Um, James, you dropped a bomb on me today through our yeah. text feed. Uh, I'm going to save that for later. Do you, you want to tell? Do you want to tell Mike now, or do you want to save it for the next segment? Let's save it for later. Okay. Uh, walk, I, it's it's crazy to boot out two number one seeds tonight. The boys got beat by Riverdale, uh, but Winona Earp is so important to this podcast, mm-hmm. and a better show in literally every single every way. way. I can't imagine as 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 big as it, uh, a deal it is to the comic book TV world at large. Fuck it. What what I love is The Walking Dead went, what if every character had the same worldview and reacted the same way to everything? <laughs> and Winona Herb said, what if none of our characters should actually get along because all of them look at the world so differently? One of them understands how TV should be made. And one of them made one of the best pilots of any TV show in TV history and then went, well, we don't need to try for the next 11 years, right? <laughs> and Herb is the reverse. We hated the Herb pilot and then just fell in love yeah. right after that. Because that's how TV's made, man. I don't like- be good out of the start. Yeah, You'll if, if you like there. your pilot, if people like your pilot a lot, I think your show is absolutely doomed. Like you're, you you yeah. make the shittiest pilot of all time. Like, yeah, unless you're like on a intercontinental flight, I would like to like my pilot. Like, sure, no, sure. They're arrogant. They think they can marry whoever they want up there. Arrogant pilots, like air, exactly. like an airplane. Why yeah. not Earp all the way? Why not Earp all the way? Which moves us on to Constantine, which is number four seed, and Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, which is just you watch people watch The Walking Dead and they're scared. So what? <laughs> Constantine, look, I'm going to try to narrow in and not think of what it gave us. It did give us somebody who just embodied the character, but it was a dog shit show on a dog shit channel, man. It was fine. It got better. It wasn't, it was, it was not bottom tier. It wasn't, uh, what's that show? Hellstrom? It wasn't Hellstrom. I'm in the middle of the series finale of that. That's why I was like, let me know when you're going, when you guys are ready. I'm sorry it's, that you it's, decided to watch it. So which one? What are we voting for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I think that there are interesting moments, and it is better than its progenitor. I'm going Fear, The Walking Dead. I am too. Like I think we said this last week, or the last time we did horror, but Fear always surprises us in a way that Walking Dead literally never does. So I'm going Fear. Hey, uh, just a quick check-in with Cassie's votes. Uh, you have been in agreement. When you two have been in agreement... Cassie has also voted that way, so uh, interesting. That's that's a good thing because that I don't know why that makes true. me mad, <laughs> but it does. All right, next up we have number two seed Lucifer versus number ten seed I Zombie Lucifer, a show that I thought that I would watch this week and then didn't because I read the synopsis of the episode and I felt like mm, I'm not ready for to jump into all that. 
And I zombie a show which I very, very much love, and I like Rob Thomas a lot. Jumping in uh, this week on Lucifer, uh, the third to last and second to last episodes before next week, we're, we're doing the finale next week. That would have been tough. Uh, these are two very important shows. Uh, Lucifer was another one. Like it, it was on Fox, right? Like yeah, The Gifted was on Fox. Like what do you fucking want from us? It's a show. It's a Vertigo show. Or it's based on a Vertigo and it very comic. unironically had music like wow 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 <laughs> all the time on it. And just like uh, Michael Mann esque shots of L.A. all of the time. Um, and it was destined to be bad, and it just pulled itself out of a tailspin. I don't know if I Zombie mm-hmm. ever hit that tailspin. Ooh, ever uh. hit that tailspin? Huh? Is that what you said, Ryan? What did you say? That iZombie never hit that tailspin? I mean, yeah, I, I think that it dipped in quality, but it mm-hmm. it started off so, so strong and so important to us. Started off strong, but not so Walking Dead strong that it scared us. It started off just shaky enough, but good, and upper butts, and was it, it just delightful all the way through. Yeah, even though I do think the last season dipped, it dipped with grace and aplomb, and... Ooh, I like Lucy and iZombie were like opposite trajectories, but iZombie never dipped as far as Lucy's beginning. And yeah, uh, and I love Lucy. <laughs> Rob, Rob Thomas, uh, who can create all of our favorite shows and then also hang out with Santana as often as he does. Um, uh, yep. I think that like this, this podcast was sort of in a way uh, waiting for a Rob Thomas show, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a huge Veronica Mars fan. We're both big party down fans and sure. The iZombie had all of that stuff. Just look at the the signs of every building they go into, and the pun yeah. the pun Meet quality cute. alone uh, was worth well, it. It's also a show where like Major Lily, and I don't know these are from the comics, but like Major Lily White and Liv Moore. Major Lily White isn't in the comics. No, the iZombie, the comics. There's like uh, I thought I a read werewolf one. character named Jack Russell. Like the, the the comics have their own punnery going on, yeah. but the comics and the exactly. TV show have so little to do with each other. I just feel like there were some like live more is a hilarious thing that you don't yes. then go with, and they went with it, and it still continued to be fine. And I really thought that was very interesting. Oh, that's both that and Lily White. Like you circle that, uh-huh. and you say, "Oh, must change before filming starts." Yeah, like, they just yeah. did right. it. Something like and- live more, but better, and then he leaves, and that's just what they go with. It's. <laughs> But Liv Moore and Major Lily White is a perfect example of, if we could go with, as uh, Austin Powers would say, my wife's uh, opinion on the show. She watched one episode of iZombie and said, this is stupid. And then another one and then another one. And then she was hooked. And it's one of the few shows uh, in the bracket where she and I watched every episode together. And we it gave us uh, sex pot Rahul Kohli. And yeah. he's amazing. And yeah. he can do so much and do no wrong. The the, the the travesty here, James, is that these are two shows that should be in the final four of the horror bracket, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one needs. To of, I was going to say the all the bracket. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um. Just real quick, real quick question: Did you guys ever get hungry when they did those uh, tasty yes, videos? Yes, absolutely. The they made the brains look so tasty. Yeah. It only looks like brains for a second, and then it looks yeah. delicious. This show, my wife used to be afraid of spice, and this show made her get us. We have a whole like hot sauce rack now because of this show. <laughs> have you seen the guy online who cooks now with a bracelet full of different sauces? And when he's cooking, he'll pull the sauce out and, and then put it. Yeah, he's hot sauce bay. No, <laughs> he should just crack the the glass on the side of the thing and just like yes. <laughs> all right, let's bring it to a vote. Uh, this is a tough vote. It sounds like um, for you all. Not it me, it was, and now it's not iZombie. 
I yeah, I gotta go with my heart. Uh, I love Lucifer. I love Lucy. For I think is right. a joke that I'm making now, and Mike didn't before. Uh, right. But I, I Zombie is the winner. Well, Cassie disagreed. So I Zombie is the winner, and there's no split or anything to to make that matter at all. So let's move on. Got Cassie, go boats. put poop in her shoes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, finally, we have the number three seed, Sabrina. The teenage witch, the new one, not the old one, the new one versus. Uh, it's so weird that they titled it that. <laughs> they need to make sure. Versus Outcast, the uh, hip hop group from Atlanta. Oh no, there's a C. The it's not that. It's the other one. Ah uh, nah nah nah. Yeah. Uh, you know. What is Outcast? I think Outcast is Patrick Fugit, uh okay. in like old dying steel towns. Okay. Being. Uh, a black sheep and teaming up with a minister who pe- people also don't like and fighting demons and the town hates them both. It mm. is both of these, I think went on uh what's the word atmosphere versus mm-hmm. substance. Both yeah. of these shows went, I don't know if we need to try, but this, I do think outcast is the one show in the horror bracket that went, you, we should try to be scary though. Right. <laughs> Literally none of the other shows ever cared about that. The, I mean, the most important thing about outcast is that, uh, because Invincible was just so hard or expensive to do live action, this was the third biggest Robert Kirkman comic. And so let's, uh-huh. let's capitalize on the Walking Dead stuff. But they, <laughs> it was Cinemax, and nobody has Cinemax. Nobody like, watched it. Literally nobody yeah. watched it. It was cool. It was atmospheric. But ultimately, I think a lot of what I'm going through right now, I can't shake this, that fucking guy's tweet about Surfer Dracula. <laughs> and I think we talked about this last week, but there was a tweet that was going around about how when we were kids a show called surfer dracula or surfer vampire he would be surfing every single episode and now there would just be seasons and seasons before he even gets on a surfboard and to me that's outcast i'm <laughs> like sabrina at least fucking sort of showed its archie riverdale roots and made stuff happen it motored at least it see i just i think outcast he was casting out demons every episode of that show it wasn't the season finale he finally did it uh and they just kept getting good actors. They're like, hey, you remember Roy from The Office? What if he could act well and had a bigger role? Hey, remember Jason Street from Friday Night Lights? What if he could act well and had a bigger role? It's weird that the character said and that. S- the biggest problem with Outcast Sabrina is- had like, I-, I think the Sabrina, the art director of Sabrina should get all of the awards ever. And the writers and the actors, go back to fucking oh, school, yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. I-, I watched well, 10 minutes of the first Sabrina and I was like, I don't know. Maybe there's something else. I wanted to like it so much, but like, I just couldn't. I don't know why. And when you asked, maybe all the things you're saying. Kiernan Shipka looked right at you through the screen and said, "You know what, buddy? There is. Don't watch this. Why would you watch (laughs) it? Yeah. The problem with Outcast is that if you have a podcast about like, if you're reviewing Outcast, what do you call the podcast? So, oh, let's call Outcast. No, Mm -hmm. Out Outcast. No, wait. With a K. Outcast. Uh, here you you do you do an episode of Outcast and a song from Outcast and you just call it CK and then that's it and people think it's like a Calvin Klein sponsored show and they give you lots of money or a deep dive into Louis's career. Mm, so KC and people think that it's about uh, Kansas City, but it's not. And Kansas City gives you lots of money because they're like, I don't know what a podcast is. They're the best. Hey, let's bring it to Missouri. a vote. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I'm going Sabrina. 
I don't think it's a bad show, and I think Outcast just never like Sabrina cleared its bar consistently. Even if it's not the bar that we necessarily wanted, it cleared it, and Outcast really never figured its shit out. I disagree, and I'm going Brett Spiner the way I've gone since I was a little kid. Outcast. All right, well that brings us to uh, Outcasty. <laughs> uh, uh, picked uh, Sabrina, so that goes to Sabrina. I think she picked not what you picked every single time when it came down to it there, Mike. Yeah, yeah no, Cassie Mike. and I uh, believe the most different things. Uh, <laughs> let, me go, let me go through these real quick. So our final four for the independent bracket is Riverdale, I Am Not Okay With This, Umbrella Academy, and Resident Alien. And our final four for horror is Winona Earp, Fear the Walking Dead, iZombie, and Sabrina. All eight of those shows will be featured in the Shush 400 or Superhero Show Show 400 bracket that we are doing in not but two weeks from today. We are going to take the quickest of breaks. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a not moving on show, The Walking Dead. In the 11th mid-season finale of The Walking Dead, Pope starts to suspect Daryl, which works out nicely as Maggie, Gabriel, Negan, and company are whispering a horde right at the compound. Meanwhile, Rosita, Judith, and Moore are fighting a storm, which is knocking out windows, walls, and driving zombies right their way. Taste buds, I ask you this. How are we 11 seasons in and still having characters just play willy-nilly right near open windows? I mean, when uh, Judith and... Who's the other one? The little girl? Other little girl. Little girl 2. When, when little, Judith and little girl 2 said, Hey, let's start a game. Uh, let's start the board game Sorry directly next to this super weak window that's about to break, that seemed very dangerous to me. Guys, they're zombies. And Judith is, like, the number two lieutenant in this whole town right now. Aaron left, and Judith almost thought she was in charge of this whole house. Well, she wasn't, Mike, but somebody put that goddamn cowboy hat on her, and that will, that'll rank you up, like, seven spots. <laughs> I know that cowboy Jane. hat from, the, from seeing pictures of the other kid wearing it with the eye patch. Carl? Yeah, James. I think it's time. I think now it's time to 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 reveal the the big reveal. So when I when I hit go on season eleven, episode eight of The Walking Dead, and it started, I was watching my first ever anything of The Walking Dead of any sort. That is, I'm both so jealous of you and baffled. <laughs> What also, kind man, of like, nerd are James, you? Cassie misses shows all the time, and we just fucked up. And, and we do shows in this main event, different shows every week. The fact that this all collided where you were on the show, where we are randomly doing The Walking Dead, and now you are forced to break your lifelong streak, I feel kind of bad about. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I'm not straight edge bad. anymore. So thanks. Um, <laughs> he's going to go drink and do horse. <laughs> exactly. Do a horse. So yeah, I had not, uh, I had not seen any, uh, Aaron was a big fan of, uh, Steven Yun. Um, mm-hmm. so she he's watched great. it until he didn't be on the show anymore. What a good euphemism for getting his brains fucking smashed in that. I was like, Oh, I'm not going to pick it up now. Cause who would I talk to about it with these guys? Yeah, there you go. It felt like a joke question, but I want to dig into it. Even if it wasn't 11 seasons in, if it was the first episode or the first half hour of a movie, uh, these people have dealt with zombies before. Are you going to let two nine-year-olds just hang out near a window? But that has sharp glass because it's broken and cold rain, let alone zombie hands could come in anywhere. This little girl was playing fake swords and got grabbed. And Judith did. 
cut off that zombie's arm instantly because Judith is a badass. This is this is a situation where it's like when you're like um you when you tell your children like you can be anything and they're like all right I'll be a, a river trout and you're like no wait we're lake no, people d- wait. I mean, you. I mean, I want fly free, but also stay away from the window. Like she, Judith was like, "You can be a warrior. You're a you're a badass, awesome, excellent. Do anything." And then she got almost got killed. Baby like, shouldn't raise babies. I just I just think sure. as long in the tooth this show is, this feels like false drama, and that's infuriating to me. But you know what, dude? It like I think that it could have been but great it- drama that we would have at least enjoyed while watching it if it was. If anybody gave a shit anymore, like now we have, if we mm-hmm. we have like this situation where like it could be crazy, and I want to specifically point out, uh, Rosita, uh huh, goes outside and starts sorting motherfuckers down. She screams, and, "I'm a superhero, right? You guys know you can't kill me." And then, <laughs> and then comes back in, and it could be, it's like it's it's so plush for all these dramatic shots and mm-hmm. shit. Like it should, it could have been so awesome, or at least lines. And then she comes back in. There's, it's not cool at all. There's nothing cool about it. Almost as, as well, if like it's a PSA that says there's nothing cool about going out in a storm when there's zombies attacking. All the like, cool trying to talk us out of doing that. We just hear the characters all put glasses up to the door and windows, even though the windows are broken. They can look through it, and they just hear Rosita going, "Uh, uh, I killed another zombie. Uh, uh, uh. Did a zombie kill me? No, I killed another zombie." The cool thing is they also recorded an audio drama podcast while they uh, filmed Richie, it. It was it, the same you, experience. You can't just, tell the difference between you know, that and fucking theater of the weird mind. old person porn. Like that's <laughs> they both sound exactly the same. Uh, 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 am I dead? Nuh-uh. I'm stronger <laughs> than ever. And then. I did. She almost liked, and the, I mean, this kind of stuff wouldn't exist without John McClane. And I don't mean to elevate Walking Dead this much, but she walked in breathing hard, and I did appreciate that. And she, her, let's stay away from the windows. If a badass scene happened before that, like, I'm just a normal person line, it would have been cool, but it was all dumb as hell. What What it makes me think is that, like, they are out of money because <laughs> there's so many Walking Dead episodes to produce across all the things that they're out of money and they're out of directors and they're out of time and when you're when you're directing something like uh the walking dead you're not really paying a lot of attention to a scene uh, uh, endless scenes of two people talking you're just waiting to get to that day where you get to film a badass girl with a sword that goes outside and then comes back in and delivers a line that's what you all of your storyboard should be about that we got none of it I, she I was eating believe, a chicken like, caesar salad in her trailer while they were filming their scene and came back to say yeah, line. and and for some reason, it cut to her and her trailer, and she looked at the camera. She's like, "What are you doing?" And then it cut back inside the house. Like, this is bad. The, the other storyline: How many times has Daryl Dixon, I guess, just because he has a mullet and only grunts words, infiltrated the bad guys and gone, "I'm one, I'm one of you." Hey, no, I'm not. Now, these are not white supremacists, correct? They're like anti-zombie military. Hey, just because they're super Christian, James, does not necessarily mean in this uh, fantasy world that they're also white supremacists. I'm just saying, with the way that Daryl looks, I feel like... It's like I had a professor in college that um, looked like he would be the biggest conservative guy, but was also Mm -hmm. the biggest like environmental science guy and like saved the planet and like nicest warmest bleeding hardest sort of guy that's like daryl except for younger and and daryl did and because you've never watched a minute uh daryl we met his older brother first merle uh who is played by who's james gunn's best friend uh michael rucker michael rucker 
uh, who just continued his character from Mississippi Burning to be in The Walking Dead, he Daryl does come from a family of white supremacists in canon in the show, right, okay, and he's yeah. used that as one of his secret superpowers throughout the rest of the series. I was sure you were going to say his his other brother Daryl, like a new heart thing. This guy does know old impressed. school sitcoms. And you this actually said crazy. things that happened. <laughs> James, was it surprising to you that Daryl is the like clear breakout character? Uh, I wasn't. I was telling, um, I think my friend, my friend Mark. Um, I what the two things I knew about this show going in were zombies and that guy Daryl. Um, it turns out also cowboy hat uh, was something that I knew was a thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know him from this, and that's it. I guess maybe Lord of the Rings. Everybody the Rings? was. Probably, he right? was uh, one of the Boondock Saints. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that this, this, uh, it didn't surprise me at all because I knew that, like, the, the one that Aaron liked was dead. They probably would have seen the main guy that was on, uh, Love Actually. In Love Actually. We would have seen him more sooner if he was still on the he, show. He's a deadbeat dad who, uh, for no reason, Judith, uh, cowboy hat girl, the, 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 the badass yeah, little girl. Yeah, I liked her. Uh, he is her, she never met her mom because her mom died right after when From she was zombies? a baby. And then he left mm. her. He went, uh, I know you're my kid, but goodbye. Yeah. Well, you know, kids are nothing but a burden. Oh, hey, go to bed. Let's talk about set pieces because uh, The Walking Dead can, even when we hate it, pull out some sweet set pieces. This is, uh, we've been told mid-season finales are also a big deal. What set pieces or moments jumped out at you guys like, okay, that's got to give it up. I mean, fuck you, Mike. Fuck you for that question because absolutely nothing. I. I you didn't like the the giant fucking piccolo Pete dude. I have jammed uh, <laughs> Claymore. I have jammed sixty of the cheapest fireworks into a big box, and I'm gonna aim them so slightly. Here's what I like. Here's I here's thought a they were arrows with like gunpowder at the end of them or something, and I was like, this might be badass. No, they were they were a fucking bunch of fire flowers that cost three ninety nine every Fourth of July. The thing that will always get me. It, yeah, it was like the. Pira Wheel or Pariah. Uh, the thing that will always get me is Maggie's move of uh, I'm going to jump out of the car while the car still goes uh-huh. and crash into something. That's I, yeah. I think that, that was pretty good. And just to unleash zombies and just to watch Pope. Right. We, we have to get to Pope. But just to watch. Oh, we got just to watch it's, Pope it's, go. It's, God damn it. This was not according to my plans. I'm sorry. That's not a great Pope uh, impression. It should be. God damn it, it's not going to remember. It's, it's weird that this old guy watched Christian Bale in The Dark Knight and went, I should growl even more than this. And I guess it makes sense that uh, he feels like <laughs> he should be season two and then your bad guys get better than this. But I guess it also makes sense that 11 seasons in, this is your big bad. A guy who growls every word and says, you don't question Lord, that means you don't question me. And his name is Pope. And his name is Pope. And he's talking Fuck like... Fuck you, The Walking Dead. He's talking yeah. like a Christian. Bale. So that's a lot right there. Uh, Mike, did, <laughs> you, too much. did you recognize him? No. Who is this guy? He is the big bad from the aforementioned Happy. That makes sense. This is uh, slumming it. <laughs> I think I figured out how, why he's bad, though. The reason he's a villain is not because the things he says or does. He wears this like sort of glasses that dads in the 70s mm-hmm. wore. And if you wear them now, the, the Walter White glasses. And I don't care mm-hmm. that, like, you know, supplies are limited. It's the post apocalypse. Find different glasses, or we're gonna know right. that you're evil. And he said, "No, get, get sweet Buddy Holly looking glasses, so people know you could play guitar and make a mean mocha latte." 
But if you have those glasses, that's how you know Walter White was a villain <laughs> even in the first episode because he had those goddamn no, frameless big ass glasses. So I didn't know who was who and who was good and who was bad or what we were doing while going into this. And I figured it out pretty, pretty, sort of pretty quickly. I thought that that guy that got killed mm-hmm. by the stabby zombies, the stabby zombies that are like the, if you put the, the, the mode on like expert mode and you've tried to like pass a scene, uh-huh. uh, you know, a stage that you've passed lots of time before and you get fucking killed. Um, that guy I was like, ah, do we, do we mourn him? Do we mourn that guy? And the answer was no <laughs> all around. Even his friends are like, yeah. no. <laughs> who? And, um, yeah, so. It was weird because then I was like, are, "Do we? Is this guy just an asshole? But he's a good leader, or do we not like him?" Like, it wasn't clear until three quarters, four fifths of the way through the episode. That I was like, "Oh, those people that dressed up as zombies," which I thought was sort of weird and scary and kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Those are the good guys. Got Evil. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, this is so the the bad guys of the last few seasons were called the Whisperers, and they mm-hmm. would wear zombie skin. And whisper right. and lead the zombie hordes. And so this is the kind of thing where, like, in the Ultimate Universe, when Marvel rebooted in the early 2000s, every Avenger became a Hulk. Because why wouldn't you? If you have this power, right. why wouldn't everybody be Hulked out and have Iron Man armor? But I or don't want logic get in my that, shit. Get the symbiote. Get everybody get the symbiote for, like, yeah. You're half Hulk, half symbiote, and you have Iron Man blasters. Uh, but I don't want logic from comic books i I still want a guy with a bone arrow running around with gods right and so this is just as dumb where the good guys are like well let's just do the thing the last bad guys used to do to me that means you're putting on the mask of the last villain now you are evil and maggie's just like well the food should be ours and maybe pope obviously sucks but daryl's girlfriend the blonde who they obviously fucked in the cabin before she brought him into their group she's like well i care about my people too they're all a decade into this. Everybody has done fucked up stuff. So we are just watching it from Daryl's team's point of view. They're yeah. also very evil. Right. Gotcha. Well, I, gotcha. I, mean, I, I will say, though, that uh, is it Leia or Leah? Yeah. Was the blonde? Leah. Uh, yeah. Leah. She she was how I sort of knew who was bad because she was like the guiding light uh-huh. of everyone. Because when Pope went off, she sort of saw it. But then when Daryl went off, she saw that too. Right. So we, the show should be hers now. Yeah. That, that would be fine. Why wouldn't it be? Like, why? What do you do? It be? Leah the Walking Dead. Uh, the, the weapon was called a, a Huacha, H W A C H A. And I knew that it was something like that because I thought for uh, the next two days after having watched it, I uh, was Watch out now. And then I thought, don't say that on the show. They will not. They, they would hate like it. That. Yeah, yeah, they, I, yeah, dude, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely hate it. I'm glad you stopped yeah. me from ending this segment to tell us what you didn't want to say in this segment. <laughs> I, I know that I know that mid season finales don't have they don't have to have the same sort of like, but it did like a know, Barry Sonnenfeld at- zoom in on the Huacha, right? And that's how the episode yeah. ended. It hit, it hit but us it was still like lamely flying yeah. arrows. Like it was. It was like uh, fireworks at like a minor league baseball game. Like it was bad. Yeah, Maggie's uh, the way people talk about her is supposed to be like a demigod in this world. And the amount of times she just froed and stared slack jawed at different shit throughout this episode, including <laughs> that, is bananas. The Walking I, Dead is on a short break until I'm gonna say June next year, uh, and it's gonna be on AMC. It's gonna be on Sundays. We know that's its thing. Uh, before we move on to the bullpen ryan you've shared privately you're cooking up a website i have yes tell us about it a little 
Well, I have decided that it's not just up to the rich post-apocalyptic people to have their own watches. I think that we should all have them, and you should be able to jam whatever you have 50 of mm-hmm. into this box. So, Mike, uh, what is something in your... What is something in your apartment that uh, you have 50 of? I have 50 Q-tips. And would you like your neighbors to see you shoot 50 Q-tips off your balcony? I think they'd be pretty impressed. I think that they would be super into that. I I would do it anonymous. Mm-hmm. Wear the fucking mask? Yeah. Just be QAnon instead of, like, say what No, anonymous Q-tip is good. Is. QAnonymous Q-tip is Q-tip bad, anon. right? Q-tip anonymous. Thank you, Jay. But every time there's a goddamn block party in your apartment, what if you jammed 50 Q-tips into this big box, mm-hmm. lit it up, and saw what happened? Also, big fuse. So there's dramatics. You want it to go down. Mm-hmm. Your wife doesn't. You guys are fighting over the fuse. Sure. Trying to grab it, not grab it, grab it, not grab it. Where she doesn't know about the second fuse behind me. Where? Yeah. What, what, where am I going to get the Squatcha from? It's from Huacha.com. Can it be Huacha.com-cha? No, it cannot, Mike. That's not how the fucking internet works. Why not? Isn't it's it so does, weird. Doesn't it, I think it does now, though, doesn't it? I you can just do anything? Dot anything now, right? You guys are so stupid, it hurts my heart. Now, it makes my heart skip a beat. Ryan, what I know is that you are building this website because you're passionate about getting to watches in everybody's hands. That's well, what sure, the Second Amendment at, says. It started off as a hobby, but I don't know. When, you're, when you feel passionate about something, then... So uh, it goes from like building watches into my garage, right. into my whole house, into like I bought a factory. I bought a Hwacha factory. So do you think when you're at your job for 30 years, they're going to give you a nice Hwacha? I think they. Uh, I named the factory uh, Hwacha 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 Want mm-hmm. after the Beastie Boys song because the answer to that question is yes, you do want Hwacha. So you could have a remix featuring Q-Tip if you wanted to. Oh, I, lo- I fuck sure. look. Q-Tip is great. Beastie Boys is great. But when they are together, it's fucking amazing. Their early 90s fucking ruled, guys. What's up what with if the I said this? What if I said this? Neither one is good. They're only good together. That's crazy. Well, well, I disagree. Well, you're crazy for this one, Ryan. I, I'm just, I think you're passionate for watches. You're not passionate for running a website. You Chances are you didn't create yours because you love handling the maintenance of website, Ryan. Right? You want to get those watches into people's hands. Oh, so, I have a passion for watches. You want it to be easy. You don't want to spend too much time handling the back end, like the creative or business side. You want to be focused on what's important. That's why you got to go to my pals, Cybersprout. They handle your hosting. They offer premium hosting for WordPress, which is super easy. If you want to update, or they'll update it for you. You know they got the security. They got the maintenance. They got the backups. They got that speed optimization. Because people don't want to slow upload for their watches. They want their watches fast. That's why you need to go to cybersprout.net to get started. They're your partner for the digital world. I genuinely thought you were asking about my my likes, my hobbies, and my passions, but this was all a fucking ad. This, this was, was an, ad. an ad. Thanks, Cybersprout. You're our best friends. We, I wish I had a we, clock over my face uh, the, for the time it took me to realize what <laughs> what was happening. Watch what was happening. <laughs> when we come back, it's time to give out some awards. We are almost through our shushy season. I know, I know. It's sad. Are you tired of it, Mike? Are you tired? No, I love 18 weeks. I don't know why the Oscars and the Emmys don't do 18 weeks. One award awards. per week, every week, 52 awards. This is the penultimate award, unless the board tells me otherwise right now. It is the least important award. We are doing Best Actor 
tonight. James, as Are you a, saying that because you're a man-hater? I'm a man-hater. I hate men. James, take it away. Thanks, man. Um, It's me, James, and here I am with, first, the not-monies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Not-nominated uh, were Tom Ellis and Anthony Mackie. So neither of those people should be discussed any further. No, we have to. Okay. Uh, fuck that. You don't know no. how our show works then, James. <laughs> it, Tom, Tom Ellis. Ellis in his last season of this show to not be nominated is an absolute travesty. He's said detective in so many tones and emotions that it's crazy. It's crazy. He's he. We really didn't think much of him in his first season, and he showed us so much. He's more than just a handsome, chiseled, five o'clock shadow. There, there are times... There's so many times in his show, and we'll get to in the pull list, that I, the room got dusty because of stuff he was doing. He's, oh, and that's that's coming up in the pull list, too. Like, I know. Uh, Tom Ellis is in who? What? No? Lucifer. Oh, He's right, right. Lucifer. He got, is the got titular. It, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Right. Lucifer. And then Anthony Mackie, I thought, crushed it. He was the one part I liked in the Hurt Locker. I've enjoyed him ever since. And He was an 8 Mile. Falcon Winter Soldier. He was an 8 Mile. He was great in Amo. He's he did not get to rap, right? Because Eminem decided to go first. He did at the in the middle part. In the but middle. Not at the yes. end part. Not at the finale. Yeah. M was like, I'll go. And he's like, oh fuck. Yeah. You said yeah. all the stuff about flat ass and trailer parks that I was gonna say. Yeah. Is it possible, guys, that Anthony Mackie looked so good and acted it seemed like he acted so well because Sebastian Shaw is so bad? Just so 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 bad. I'm worried that how bad he was in what if as a voice actor is clouding your judgment oh you know what you're probably right because the scene i don't think sebastian shaw should ever be handed a joke but not all characters should tell jokes especially not a sitcom if but the scene where he show what if uh uh-huh goes to all dimensions what if it went to our dimension and it was what if sebastian shaw took vocal lessons and just <laughs> we just watched him learn how to uh the voice a, a cartoon i would love that for him and for us mostly uh the scene he had like 30 seconds to break down as bucky with the dormilage and crushed it i think he can do drama very well he's like tnt ryan but <laughs> comedy Characters he is not. welcome Anthony Mackie, though, I do think crushed it. I know you, Ryan, you, you, I don't know how you feel, James, about Anthony Mackie's nine minute monologue at the end instead of doing a superhero battle. He just said, here's what's wrong with racism on Black in America. Uh, yeah. It worked very well on me. It did not work on Ryan. How did it work well, on I you? I like good writing, but. I like good acting. We're at odds. I like <laughs> superhero shows. <laughs> All right. I guess we can get to who actually made it and talk about them. <laughs> All right. Um, let's take it to a vote. That was the other thing. Okay. Um, (laughs) all right. So the nominees are just the first one. The nominees is not Nanso Anansi from Sweet Tooth. And then we show a clip. Oh God. That was a great clip. Uh, this is, I'm so proud of this person. Yeah, uh, this person being nominated because he had literally no FYP moments. Yes. He was quiet and stoic the entire show, but I I think crushed it. I'm so glad to have this person nominated now. What we ask for is uh, constantly is do two things at once. And it's so much harder to do two things at once when your character is almost mute. What does FYP Mm. mean? Uh, For your... 
Wait, what does it mean? Normally, FYC is for your consideration, which means like oh, yeah. big, that's what I meant. Chewing oh, up gotcha, the scenery, gotcha. pounding walls. For your perusal. FYP, got it. I was just, I also didn't know and didn't want to embarrass Ryan. I'm sorry, Ryan. And he did, he did two things for sure. He was sweet. And he had at least one tooth. He was a little toothy. All right. Well, so sweet tooth is something that I should watch, huh? No, dude, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Despite That's our lackluster, like, and he was great. I don't want candy. people. To, it's not just about eating candy corn. Uh, to to be like, I hate this kid. I'm watching. I love this kid. I'm watching. It's like watching Ryan raise his new kid. Aww. It's amazing. <laughs> that's that's relatable. Um, next up, is it okay if I move on to the next one, guys? Is it Please okay? Do. Great. Yes. All right. Next up, we have. Isn't it fun when you're given power, but not really? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I work for a living. <laughs> Bosses. All right. So the next uh, the next one up is Paul Bettany from WandaVision. He was the second part of that. The second one. He's second the Wanda. vision. Right, right, right. He's a vision in red and green. If you take Paul Bettany apart and rebuild him, is it still Paul Bettany? Yes. I was oh, a like a ship of the... Right, right, got it, yeah, first, yeah, got it, yeah. Sorry. Ryan, surprised uh, about what? At first, I was a little surprised that this wasn't supporting. Mm-hmm. But then when I thought about the show, like he's doing a ton of heavy lifting. And yes. he's obviously not the most heavy lifting, right? We're going to get to Best Actress next week. Yes. But doing a ton of it of what it's like to be around someone going through a crisis, mm-hmm. being sort of human, being sort of robot. I relate to How do you be just a normal things. husband is what I <laughs> got from it. It's it, yeah, I, I call I think Paul Bettany's getting the Brian Husky nomination, which is who is a consummate talented player who will never steal focus because they know what the show's about. It's called WandaVision. It's the Wanda show. Mm. And Paul Bettany is just Paul Bettany is so good, man. Even when he's in shitty projects, he's just like, What's your bar? I'm going to just rise right above it. I don't want to make anybody look bad, so I'm not going to do my full talent, but I'm going to rise right above the bar you're asking for. Can I tell you, can I reveal something right now? Please do. I really like the movie Wimbledon. Hmm. I'm sorry, Paul Bettany, Kirsten Dunst in the same movie, sports movie. I'm Uh just going to like that movie. See, mine is A Knight's Tale. I was going to say... That's where I was like, get the fuck out of here. A Knight's Tale was the first date I went on with the first girl I seriously dated. Um, remember when he was naked in that movie? We saw his. Mm-hmm. Hey, we saw. Hey guys, hey guys, we saw butt. his his Paul Buttony. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. It sounds um, like it. Also, You're remember, uh, remember, a beautiful mind. He was in that one too. Or was he? Master and Commander hangs out with Russell Crowe a lot. Yeah, he, he Russell Crowe. It's easy to look like a good actor when you're hanging out with Russell Crowe. Oh come on now, Mike. Oh. Too harsh. Next actor, please. Yes. All right. All right. Let's see. Um, Tom Hiddleston in a show called Loki. These are, if I may, I get personal. I'm going back and forth between buying a Vision as Vision in his shitty 70s Vision costume, Halloween costume, or Tom Hiddleston's variant. I'm going to sweet, like, square tie. I work for the TV. President Loki? President Loki. No, no, no. Oh, no. The, you want like, the brown the windbreaker. costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so they're equally good. No, I would say definitely go Vision old school over those two. But uh, did Tom Hiddleston... 
Tom Hiddleston is nominated because he's always great or because he brought us new levels of Loki in this show? I think, and I don't want our listeners to get mad at me, that he is always very handsome and he's been good in Marvel past. And in this show, he taught us he could actually act. I would agree with that. Okay. I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't think that's angering. No, man. Okay. Again, as a big Marvel fan, if you say anything slightly bad about Marvel, they will come for you. They are not cool people, my friends. Well, I, Mike, I find the best way to talk about Hiddleston is just to keep it low-key. Oh! But yeah, I think he, he was given more to do and rose yeah. more than rose to the occasion with this. He he earned the series. There was more of a cartoony element to uh, Loki than they've given him other than being flung around by Hulk, which was a was a high high point for Loki, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think that Tom Hiddleston... That's FYC. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that completely... I don't know I, why that completely derailed me. Um, I think that Tom Hiddleston does better cartoony than people think that he can do. Like... And emotion. Yeah. Because, like, I've seen him sure. in some, some non-MCU stuff. He was good in uh, Kong Skull Island. I thought uh, he was fine as a humorless guy. Uh <laughs> But like Crimson Peak, one of my favorite directors, I should love this actor, it made me wonder. And in this, he was like, I could be cartoony, and what if I could show emotion? And yeah. what if the hardest thing to do, what if I could act that I'm trying to hide emotion, but the emotion is slowly creeping out without my lip just quivering like a kid who got hit in the face with a football? Right. Can I ask a question about the process of these nominations? No. Okay. Next no, nominee you're is... Okay. You're allowed. You're allowed. You're allowed. <laughs> Um, how were these nominees nominated? Nobody has ever, we've never divulged that information before. It's a Byzantine cloudy process that the board has put together. Eastern Europe, got it. And we don't even know. Um, because the guy that played, um, well, I don't want to, Jonathan Majors, um, Uh I feel like in the two scenes he was in, uh, should have earned a nomination, but uh, that's. But he's not a lead actor. This is lead actor. Did you see the scenes, though? I mean... James, he was in an episode. Did you see it, though? It was a revolution. It was a a Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary Glenn Ross was still best supporting, and he was only in a couple minutes. Well, but that's Alec Baldwin. Jonathan Majors, at best, is best supporting, but also I don't think he was nominated for that. Okay. I'm just saying you should get mad at those for a different award, not for this one. I'm not. I, I didn't know you, you guys were even involved. I, that's why I asked before I. No, we're not. It's the rail. board. Okay, good. All right. Um, next up, hoof. Um, Tyler Hirschlin. <laughs> I'm gonna go German and say Hirschlin from Superman and Lois. Oh, what we like to say, our Superman. Uh, like our. Okay, that feels racist for some reason. Um. But yeah, no, I uh, I meant Tyler, not Zack Snyder, Superman. Got it. I don't know. I don't know what you're comparing to, Ryan. It still it still felt like uh, I mean, he represents what we believe in. Our Superman, other creepy. than you people, Superman. I always thought Hawkland. Is that wrong? That could be Hoshilin. Yeah. Anyway, I think that this is Ho-chillin. a crazy. This is a crazy it's role to fill. Yes. Uh, there's so many people who are good at it. Who is he? In fact, who is I don't he? Know who, Lois. He's super. He's, okay. <laughs> he okay. is the Lo- titular Lois. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's why you were and talking about we, our Superman. Got it. Sorry. I'm sorry. 
Sorry. You know, we love Christopher Reeve. We love, uh, we like Brandon Routh. Where mm-hmm. are we at? Are we okay with Brandon Routh at this point? We're in like with Dean Cain. Hmm. Oh, no. Dean no, Cain no. is absolutely not. I, on the I think Brandon Routh was done dirty by a bad movie. I think he was a, a great Superman. I don't know what Brandon Routh can do wrong, man. He was in The Rookie as a racist cop, and, uh, and now crushed it. it's hard. It, he did to the degree that I'm like, no, that's the character, not the actor. And I feel really, really bad about that. But great job there. It, it is sad. He actually didn't know he was in that episode of The Rookie. <laughs> uh, he, he was just drunk and going off. Um, but yeah, I think what Tyler, what Tyler H brings mm-hmm. to the role is, I guess, in Christopher Reevian, but he, he brings the humanity I feel no Superman I've ever seen really brings. He, inspires and then what he's done in his own series because when he was just a guest star in the rest of the Arrowverse, it was just like i get why all the other superheroes want to slob on his knob and in his series it's like but what if you had to live with this guy (laughs) he isn't arrogant but just the way he moves through the world feels arrogant if you're his kids The, the way they rebel makes sense because fuck you superman but it's not because of what he's doing. So many, I fuck. I love this guy. I love this role. I hate everybody else. No, no, I'm out. <laughs> I, think, no, I think you're making a really good point. And the other thing too is that uh, everybody treats Clark Kent as this doofus. You know, like if I'm going to show a difference between Clark Kent and Superman, then I'm going to make Clark Kent this doofus. But just Ernest from like, Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> that's the, the most earnest you can be. Uh, but I, I think he puts all of his acting chips into being Clark. Yes. You know. And he so, he knows what his jaw looks like. He knows when he's Superman, he can do very little but look there and not talk much. Great. Point. He knows that Mike has uh, posted a picture of Tyler Hoechlin in his mirror, and every time he looks in the mirror, it's just Tyler looking back at him. <laughs> I looked up his uh, filmography to see if I knew him from anything, and he was a little kid in Road to Perdition. So that's where I know him from. You yeah, know, everybody classic. knows James is a Perdish head. I'm, you know, yeah. Uh, he is also the dirtbag. You go to that convention every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in the rain, and someone always gets shot. It's it's weird. It's the one convention that's not in a convention space. It's right. on the road to the convention space. Unconventional. Uh, he was also the uh, dirtbag. That movie based on a comic book, by the way. Palm Springs. So have we covered it? <laughs> yeah, I think we covered. Yeah, it. I think we can. Oh on. no, no, I mean, have we covered Road to Perdition? I'm so sorry. That sounded really, really snippy. And I know this is no, a television hey, show thing. I get it. I get it. Y- you're not snippy enough for the superhero show. Show. I could use more snip. Okay. From my barber and from you. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on then to Alan Tudyk in Resident Alien. I can only imagine that he does uh, some funny voices and sounds like a droid that doesn't have any lines. That, uh, right is away, he, is he is he being a little bitch about our Alan Tudyk? Right? I listen. I love Alan Tudyk. Also in a Knight's Tale, right? Yes, I, I <laughs> legit. I love a Knight's Tale. Wait, Heath Ledger, Alan Tudyk, and Paul Bettany all in a Knight's Tale, and Sasha Shashaman is a Knight's Tale like the the breeding ground for good comic book movie actors. I think so. Nice. Did Shannon Sossaman marry a Scientologist and just disappear? Probably. Is that what happened to her? Tom Cruise's basement. You know how Look, she Alan Tudyk Alan Tudyk is a pop filter Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, he's fantastic. This seems like a slam dunk to me, but uh Mike, was this performance a little one note for you? 
to win this award? No, just like he paid he played one note strong and then played minor keys. I don't know if I don't know enough about music to make this analogy, but he played keys so close to that one note that if you were I don't know, immediate illiterate, you would say he's not doing anything. But if you're a nuanced phone away from you viewer, you're seeing what he's doing and he is slowly growing throughout these episodes. It sounds legit. I don't know if I believe you or <laughs> you were on your phone, like all these media literates. But if you're on your phone, aren't you doing more media than Yeah, but it means you're not paying attention to any media. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. When everybody's a hero, no one is, James. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And the opposite. When, when no everyone's a villain, we're all heroes. Is. Yeah. Yep. Look at America. <laughs> Just a bunch of fucking heroes. <laughs> all right, James. What are the five nominees? The five nominees are, in reverse order, Alan Tudyk from Resident Alien, Tyler H. We're gonna say Hoekland from Superman and Lois, Tom Hiddleston from Loki, Paul Bettany from WandaVision, and Nanso Ananzi from Sweet Tooth. And let's get that sweet, sweet winner, Ryan. Here we go. Rippity, rippity, Let me do my rippity, paper rippity. sound oh, effects. You do it. You do it. It's <laughs> low of our generation. Pew, pew. It's Envelope. It's Alan Tudyk from Resident Alien. Oh, congratulations, Mr. Tudyk. It's not a surprise, but we're still honored and proud of you. I appreciate that there was an actual envelope and an actual thing inside, and I really yeah. like that a lot. Good job. It's a legitimate operation, James. Absolutely. What the fuck you think we're running here? It's an LO. Yep, law and order. We, Don Don, are taking the quickest of breaks, and when we come back, it's time for the pull list. And now, it's time for the pull list, where we review every other TV show that came out this week. First up is Legends of Tomorrow. Legends new season starts right where it last left off. A different Wave Rider blows up our Legends Wave Rider, meaning they are stuck in 1925 trying to figure out how to get home. They pretend, obviously, to be a circus and J. Edgar Hoover before the real Hoover shows up, so they decide they're going to pretend to be bank robbers on routes at New York to throw him off their scent. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. Is Spooner being unreasonable with how upset she is at them, or does her concern for her mother make total sense uh, i think it makes total sense i think that she's like uh you guys are going to fuck over this person's entire life which is what you do because you fly into times fuck everybody's life up and then fly out of times but other people blew up their ship and other people stole all their spare equipment and then they're like well we have to fix this and she screams at them for daring to say they have to fix this what is her fucking plan i, I don't know and that's not her job she's sort of the uh sort of the leather jacket wearing she's the tory right she's on for one season she's gonna disappear zach is well, gonna hook up with her unfortunately she's on him this season as well okay well uh it was last season was the COVID season so it doesn't count um but uh i think that spooner summed up uh exactly who she is perfectly by uh they tied themselves up and then j edgar hoover busted in and spooner was like oh look at my hands oh look at, look how they're tied up like just the worst <laughs> Worst actress right. at like acting bad. The, the the worst bad actor. All the legends have had to act as legends, and she is the worst ever. She's also in a modern day blouse and jeans. Mm. 
which I guess thankfully none of the actors bring up ever. Everybody else dresses up in period piece costumes. And Spooner and Astra go, we are too cool. Also, we are the two women of color. We will go off alone in 1925. And nobody on the show goes, this is a terrible idea. I love that they're best friends, actually. This was naturally building last season. And when they said that to each other, I think Spooner tells Astra she cares that she's dying, not just because they're teammates, but because they're best friends. Uh, That worked for me. Both of these characters clicked there. And that's not uncommon to every, every... Every time you have an episode of your lives, it's important to say at the end, we're best friends, right? James, we're best friends, right? That's right, Mike. Um, (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yep. But if we move quickly on, this show sounds like it has time travel and friendship. uh, It does. I wish that it wasn't a DC show. You're wrong. DC okay. makes better shows than Marvel, my friend. And Legend of Tomorrow is one of the best shows we cover. Hmm. All right. Good, strong, strong recommendation. Strong recommendation. Uh, Nate slept a lot last season, Ryan. He didn't feel like he was given a lot to do. Do you think this season is picking him back up? Look at him this episode, Mike. I would say that there's a solid 20-minute chunk of this episode in the middle that is the funniest that the show has been in years. And a lot mm-hmm. of it was because of Nate. Basically, when they escaped the house... Uh, they drive away. They do a bank robbery, and they all crush. As you do. But nobody crushes more than Nate. Uh, just an amazing twenty-minute comedy in the middle of this. Like, well, we gotta, you know, set up the story and then end the story. But man, that little that chunk was hilarious. You just like selling his lines without Jim Carrey overselling them. Mm-hmm. I, I do think he's been uh, the people around the around the coffee pot are calling him the Brian Husky. Of Legends of Tomorrow. Just a classic sketch player elevating everybody without stealing the focus. Have you guys seen these Carvana commercials with <laughs> Rob Corddry and Brian Husky? I don't... Oh, I don't. that's who Brian Husky is? He has hair in those commercials. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. He normally doesn't have hair, and he has a he, he does have a beard, and I love him. Yeah. He's good. They but, got two uh, white guys to be uh, good salesmen. <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> At a certain point, Barad asks, uh, why does Ava keep shooting her gun through the ceilings? And Nate, <laughs> so matter-of-factly, says she hates ceilings and then moves she on to the next ceilings. conversation. Like That's that's the Nate that I want. Mm-hmm. Good joke. <laughs> it's a good joke. I may have to watch well, this show now. You should. Were, were you annoyed that we did not get to see the legends put on the aforementioned circus? Because that's how they're trying to hide out. And they all put very bad, dumb circus clothes on made of curtains i was not for some reason youtube love circuses and i don't know if it's because they abuse humans or abuse animals i don't know which of those two things yes, i love all of the above you two are more into but i think circuses are actually awful uh they are terribly boring but come with a ton of abuse it's like basically the cosby show the first piece of entertainment i remember as a child is going to barnum and bailey's the ringling brother circus and all there was a them. unicorn and yeah, no, it was it was a it was a mashup. It was the Amalgam Comics of Circuit, <laughs> and they're like, we have a unicorn. And even as a kid, I was like, you drilled a fucking cow's horn into that oh, gun's yeah. head. This is fucked up. You could see the staple gun that, scars. <laughs> don't you think old circuses are are like good for being like kind of creepy but kind of festive? Like I, I don't, you know, right? Circuses sort of poop and, and popcorn, but like old circuses are like. <laughs> 
Ugh, clowns. Look at these freaks. Flying and new circuses are look at, like look at or, these acrobats yeah. almost fuck. Circus de Soleil is so sexy, right. you guys. But with every acrobat every acrobat show that comes with a circus also comes with look at this person who was born with a severe deficiency. I'm going to put them in a uh-huh. cage and I want you to step up and look at them and maybe throw some lettuce. The older the, the lettuce, the better. Well, lettuce is their favorite snack. Ryan, what's your moment of the week? Oh, my moment of the week is it's got to be Nate. I, I've got a couple of mic. Um, Nate trying to protect J. Edgar Hoover no matter what. And then J. Edgar Hoover shoots Nate in the head and <laughs> his head becomes metal and then it shoots, it reflects and shoots J. Edgar Hoover, immediate, uh, Hoover immediately. But the big one is uh, they're escaping from the house. Right, they they're like, oh, let's make Jagger Hoover think that we are the bank robbers, and they all jump on the car. Right, and in classic 1920s fashion, Nate jumps on the side of the car, which was back then a totally viable way to transport yourself. And right. as he's driving away, he looks back at the house and says, "Bye, bye, bye," <laughs> and it got me. Uh, I got to well, mine. You already mentioned. Uh, Bayrod says Ava keeps shooting the ceiling. Nate <laughs> says she hates the ceiling. Uh and then Sarah saying, you got to use your superpower. And it's like, oh, yeah, you need me to turn to steel and brew some skull. She goes, no, your other superpower. You're a white man in 1925. And his look of disappointment and acknowledgement was flawless <laughs> there. I mean, the, the history of- lesson there is that uh, if you're white male in 1925, mm-hmm. somebody will come up and be like, here's a million dollars. Start a business. Enjoy your <laughs> life. <laughs> Okay, I'm a Rockefeller. Legends of Mars on Tuesdays on the CW. Your next show is Supergirl. This week on Supergirl, Supergirl continues to fight Nixley for the remaining totems, but after Nixley kidnaps William, Supergirl realizes she needs to take a more proactive stance to keep National City safe. Meanwhile, Axe faces the biggest challenge of her life. Taste buds, I ask you this. In 20 seconds or less, what is the biggest challenge of your life that you've ever faced? James Totems. This question. <laughs> Both of those are fair. Supergirls on Tuesdays on the CW. Your next show is Doom Patrol. On this week's episode of Doom Patrol, the gang is split up again, with Rita ending up in 1917. She fits in a little better, I suppose, than the current time. That is until it's discovered she has powers and is treated like a freak. Meanwhile, Robot hires a cam girl. Cyborg goes on a hike. Jane sends Kay to the surface, and Larry confronts his bitch son. Taste buds, I ask you this. Where do you want to go to? Rita, Robot, Cyborg, Jane, or Larry? Mike, we'll start with you. Where do you want to go? Robot. All right. So Robot figures out how to use a laptop, and he is playing 80s video games, like emulators probably. And then cam girls pop up, and he doesn't know to close them out. He says, yes, please. And then he just has the cam girl on talking to him and probably masturbating her vagina while he's playing Donkey Kong the entire time. And then he runs out of money and then he's very upset. <laughs> but he probably spent a hundred grand just having a cam girl there talking to him while he played Donkey Kong. I just realized Robot Man is producer Dave. That's <laughs> true. James, let's go to Rita. Oh, okay. James, we're going to Rita. Uh, this was amazing. <laughs> Sorry, James. Yeah, no, uh, that she, is correct. That is the that is my pick. She went back to 1917 and she fit in perfectly until she didn't. But you know what she did? She found her own found family, and that's sort of what everyone in the episode did. Is they whether it's a cam girl or uh, the other freaks at your job, this show is like 
really trying to hit the point home of that no matter how alone you you are, you will find your family no matter what. Hmm. Ryan, good lesson. do you have a moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is a weird one. Uh, Larry goes back to confront his son, who is pissed at him for leaving him. As you said, his bitch son. <laughs> uh, Larry's son is pissed because Larry left when uh, Larry's son was a little kid. And Larry's son keeps complaining about it. And Larry just looks at him in the eye and says, like, all right, I'm done. I'm doing the best I can. If you want to keep bitching about this, I'm out forever. In fact, get out of my house. And I've never seen that before. Usually, if you leave your child, they get to bitch to you forever. I've never seen a parent who left their kid be like, you know what? I'm tired of this. Get the fuck out of my house. And it totally happened. Doom Patrol is Thursdays on HBO Max. Your next show is Lucifer. On the last two episodes before the big series finale, Lucifer needs to get his wings back before he flies up to heaven. When he finds out Dr. Linda has been writing a book about him, he doesn't get mad, but instead decides to use the book for research. Then Lucifer decides to spend his final day on Earth partying with his daughter and then locking himself in a panic room in order to defeat time, only to find out that his daughter has been kidnapped in order to save her. In order to save her, I'm sorry, he'll have to go to the cross streets that he died on. Taste buds, I ask you this. What does your final day on Earth involve? Because does it involve lots of pastries, sumo wrestling in inflatable suits, and karaoke? Look, all of the activities they did seemed fun. I don't want to be a deadbeat dad. But I've known this quote-unquote daughter for a week. I'm going to at least hang out with all the people I actually know way more. They will at least also be invited to eating pastries, sumo wrestling, and karaoke. It's not going to just be me and this asshole kid I don't know. It's karaoke, detective. Are you are you at least down with more of Rory's story? Like, Which is a very no, hard yeah. sentence to say. I think Funno. she's doing a fine... A fine job, and I get the point from her. I'm just saying, on my last day in life, she is not who I'm hanging out with. I'm hanging out with Maze and Amenadiel and Detective and Ella. Like, what kind of pastries, though? Oh, guava oh. cheese danishes, my mm. friend. Okay. Wow. All right. Cool. Uh, Mike, you uh, don't have a daughter. <laughs> or we'll never yeah, have. Fuck you. <laughs> You're not one of us. So we're all these conversations uh, between Lucy and Rory, and then mostly what I'm talking about, Dan and Trixie, super easy for you to watch because it was for me too. No, all the Lucifer Rory ones felt like bullshit. Dan and Trixie hurt, and also Lucifer and Chloe. Should, where who watches Chloe or who watches Trixie when Chloe's with Lucifer? Man, chocolate. Don't does. deal with that. Lucifer is Chloe's stepdad. The Rory is whatever. Again, they've known her for a week. Everybody should be hanging with Trixie more often. This is a disturbed kid with the shit she's had to deal with. Nobody cares about her enough. Hypothetically, could you imagine if somebody had a daughter? Watching that Dan and Trixie conversation was rough. I imagine it might be the hardest thing you've had to go through in the last six months. So much worse. Whoever that hypothetical person is. What was the what was the conversation about? It's uh the dad is a ghost. He's been in hell in his time for thousands of years. For his daughter's time, her father has been dead for a month. Okay. He is possessed the body of the person who killed him 
has lied to see his daughter one last time uh who is at a camp and is just like i was one of your dad's friends and is both trying to not be a creep while having a meaningful last conversation with his daughter okay and and just be like your dad told me all these things he loved about you right i don't have a daughter i hope to never have a daughter (laughs) and it still got dusty in the room it was it was rough (laughs) stuff uh let me ask you this if uh if you found out that the other two of us were writing a book about you without telling you Uh would that be upsetting I'd probably jerk off. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so you guys are you, know, you guys I, are both like Lucifer then. Lucifer I'm reacts close, exactly like you did. Yes. What I don't like is so Linda. I I actually I would react like Linda is if I was writing the book and people were tearing it apart. Her just constantly. It's a rough draft. I don't. I didn't want anybody to look at it. They're looking for clues. Everybody is mad at Lucifer and not Linda yeah. and how they come across in Linda's book. Yeah. That's <laughs> horseshit. They should be taking out on Linda. And having written a book about real people in my life, they do not take it out on the mouthpiece. They do take it out on the author. So there should be more shooting of the messenger then. Yes. There was zero shooting of the messenger in this book. The messenger was shooting herself enough for all of them. Not that it was hard for us to do, Mike, but we totally called that uh, Amandiel is going to be God. Oh, Mr. God himself? Sure. And how do they play this off? They, I they all sold it like none of them thought this was the solve. What? When clearly it was always the solve. It, I Amenadiel, I do like like people don't stay mad at Lucifer enough, and maybe they're like, well, we did that long enough in the first two seasons. Amenadiel did. They did fight a war. Angels and folks did die, and then Lucifer's like, I actually don't want that thing a bunch of people died for. By the way, in, the in a war between angel sold. versus folks, I'm always taking angels. <laughs> folks ain't ever going to win a war. No, see, I like folk music more than I like angel music. Fuck harps. Huh? Sarah McLaughlin hate over here. I fuck Sarah McLaughlin and her suit. I hate every not found dog. Ryan, what is your moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is they're going through all of the angels that could help. And uh, I swear to God, Mike, I didn't rewind. I didn't want to rewind. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. proven wrong, but I swear to God, they're like, who, which angel should we talk to? Is it a mena deal? No. And they said, is it Les Mega deal? They said the name, <laughs> they named one of the angels <laughs> Les Mega deal. And they said it so fast that you might miss it. But I swear to God, they said it. I also, I, uh, another great angel moment is uh, the world is ending because the angels are all dumbasses. Uh-huh. And are solving or answering every prayer. So when a inmate says, "I want to see my cat again," his cat was a lion, and the inmate cross it. We see him cross off the list, and he looks so broy happy with himself that the inmate got to see this lion again. Which is why every prisoner breaks out of the jail. Angels are dumb. Uh, in the first of these two episodes, when they're reading Linda's book, we go into those scenes, and everybody summarizing their characters and how the episodes worked in the early days is so fucking funny. Yeah. Chloe saying, did you say science? I just solved another murder. <laughs> it's so funny. They go back and forth and go science, but science, did you say science? I mean, it's a full, the first episode that we watched. So the pen penultimate episode is a clip uh-huh. show, but half of the clips yes. are made up. And yeah, it's Chloe. Like I just, I, Chloe is solving a murder every gobbledy two gook, minutes. Gobbledy gook, gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah, because it's how Lucifer Caesar, and all of them just owning that. It's so funny. And then 
such a surprising amount of dusty scenes. Lucifer, uh, Dan and Trixie, Lucifer and Linda, like several times. Every every Lucifer and Maze, like these Lucifer two. And Ella, lose all of their characters. It, it's just like, oh, I just thought I was gonna watch a fucking Netflix show before work. I didn't know I'd be teary eyed every day. Thanks. Lucifer is on Netflix. You can watch all of it. We are finishing it next week. Our next show is Titans. After Nightwing and Red Hood's battle, Rachel and Gar try to save their friend. Meanwhile, Jason questions his allegiance. With Barbara behind bars, Donna leads her own resistance operation, and Connor helps Blackfire recover her ship. Taste buds, I ask you this. What is the only thing Barbara is allowed to wear behind bars? Barbells? It's a bra. Bar bra. It's bar bra. Bar bra can only wear a bar bra. Titans is on Thursdays on HBO Max. Your next show of the week is The Walking Dead, colon, World Beyond. On this episode episode of The Walking Dead, World Beyond, some members of the group erect a plan to cover their tracks, while others attempt to acclimate to their new surroundings. James, I ask you this. Yeah. Yeah. Are there noticeable differences between the two Walking Dead properties? So, I um, the reason why I was like, I'm going to watch this other Walking Dead thing is because it was like, this is set before and in Nebraska. And I was like, all right. And um, so, I got, I kept having these things where it was like, is that guy important? Is that one important? <laughs> Does this person become like the lead of the Walking Dead? Is this, is this child destined to be Pope? Is like, you know, using only the <laughs> characters that I knew before? from the other thing. Right. <laughs> We've seen two of the most random episodes of these series right. you could have. But I was like, Silas feels like, is he going to turn into something? Um, Daryl? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, it felt the same. The thing that keeps getting me is um, how... They just sort of chill out in front of these zombies a bunch. Like, uh-huh. in both shows, it's sort of like, I'm going to go hang out among the zombies and kill them easily, as long as they're not human. And then that's it. And they just do that. And they just hang out by the river and just kill zombies. Like, like they're playing Duck Hunt. They're just, like, talking. Down and having- by the river. <laughs> Yeah. The one guy, and I know this is the other Walking Dead. We didn't talk about the opening scene. This dude is so chill in front of a horde of zombies until another horde of zombies yeah. is behind him. And you well, know it will be because he's walking backwards like an asshole. Exactly. And there's a and there's a crossroads behind him, so everyone's yeah, you, you, you hate you hate to see it. It's the the old tour guide thing. Hey Mike, I'm gonna fucking say this real quick and never mention it again. Please do not say the term "the walking backwards" because that is going to become an AMC show and <laughs> another spinoff that we have to watch. It's uh, Chris Hardwick reviews the show backwards episode by episode. Can I be a guest? Oh, you guys can't. You have no power. Um, what's Chris Hardwick's email? We don't. Yeah, at Chris Hardwick at gmail.com. Yes, you're Chris Hardwick. Can I be on your show? But uh, I mean, did you notice that like the world beyond has uh? higher stakes because they have low like the show has lower stakes so they can have higher stakes you know what i mean like the walking dead has to plateau at all times because it's like the uh the feeder show right i can see that i mean like i like a show where you have to learn lessons that people in the other show already like no no like staying away from windows and such (laughs) um but like yeah i mean it was it was interesting 
I mean, the, the, the shows that I watched were Walking Dead, Walking Dead, um, Nebraska, and, um, and Why the Last Man. And it felt very much like watching a bunch of the same sort of, like, covers of the same song, which was sort yeah, of interesting. I, it was like... You picked a group. <laughs> you're talking about all these other shows, and I'm like, but where's the post-apocalyptic, like... What are you talking about? So it was this um, world beyond was was sort of interesting because it felt like um, there's a do you know do you guys know Coheed and Cambria? Uh huh. Um, they released um, all of their albums except one are this story, and they released them in the following order: two, three, four, five, one. And so yes. uh, one I didn't care for very much, but I imagined if I had liked it more. It'd be like setting up a bunch of stuff for the albums I did like, and that's what this sort uh-huh. of felt like. Yeah, two, three, four were dope. I didn't listen to five or one. Two, two, two and three are great. Eventually, if they get older, four should have been better than it was, but that's facts. Okay. Yeah. So but yeah, keeping that's... secrets of Silent Air three. Hell yeah, yeah. Exactly. All I want to do is talk about Coheed now. James, let's start a new podcast. Great. What is your moment of the week for Walking Dead World Beyond, James? Um, I opened just I opened maps just now. Hold on one sec. Um, my moment of the week is a tie between uh, Hope's interactions with the kid who shows at the supply closet. Not because I like the yeah, because that's a real thing you didn't just make up. I hated that line, but everything else after that was great. Like when she says, "I want a mop," and he reaches for a mop, and she's like, "I'm just kidding you." And that was that seemed charming in sort of a like, oh, teens can be have good banter too but see uh, like so uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt James but like that's a thing that yeah, the please. Walking Dead spinoffs have Fear and World Beyond that Walking Dead never does is that right. you might get one character moment that hits Human real moment. you know that like yeah. this feels like real people in the moment with actors reading actual dialogue and the Walking Dead just yeah. doesn't have that anymore right because the, the zombies used to talk right like it used to be like more of like a West Wing sort of deal but with zombies right <laughs> the walking talking yeah, walk dead talks um so my the other thing that it tied with was uh, i like the the co-workers that silas has because it feels like they maybe have a story that i didn't know and i like the really nerdy guy uh who said no turned unstoned and then i felt like i should get that and then when i was writing my moment of the week today two days later i was like oh turned like zombies got it okay and then i was like oh that and is stoned a lot more. like weed stone like uh the other one like killed with stones Oh, uh, World Beyond is on Sundays on AMC. Your next show That's of the week is clever. Stargirl. This yeah. week on Stargirl, Pat and an angry Courtney go to find Jenny to see if her Green Lantern powers can help put the Black Diamond back together. Meanwhile, in the past, Starman apologizes to Pat with a beer for being an obtuse asshole who roped Pat into being a murder accomplice. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. What is Stargirl actually trying to say about heroism and legacy? Uh, that's a really good question, and I think it's a battle of, and this is, it's weird for a TV show, but I think it's a battle of when and when not to lie. Mm. I think it's uh, like it's heroic to, to always tell the truth, except for when it's not, and then it's heroic to lie. And, but everybody has a different starting point for that. You know, like Sylvester thinks he's doing a really good job of lying and not lying. And so does Courtney. You know, Courtney. Is- Can I ask you to explain the Sylvester part of that? When does he think he's doing a job about lying? I, I, when he's apologizing to Pat? I sort of think he's lying when he apologizes to Pat. Because last week he was a dickhead to Pat. And so in every second he brings out in this episode, he brings out a six pack, right? And 
Pat doesn't take one. Best way to apologize to another dude when you're a dude. Dude, you know, I'm gonna fucking get. I'm gonna hand you a beer. I'm gonna hand you a wrench. I'm gonna hand you a porno mag. You use that later, and I'm gonna apologize to you straight up. And Pat eventually is like, you know what? It's okay. And I think Sylvester was full of shit the entire time. It every time now we see a flashback, I'm convinced it's through Pat's eyes. So when they are being dickheads, they are bigger dickheads than they actually were. And when they're apologizing, they're being way kinder than they actually were. It feels like, without being that, I, I think Stargirl is not as cheesy as what I'm about to say is, it doesn't matter what powers you have, it's what's in your heart that is heroic. That Pat was obviously actually the best of the Justice Society, because they were all kind of pieces of shit. And they're pieces of shit because they got obsessed with what power they had. I know, but it does, does, it, doesn't it sort of complicate it, though, that Pat was the one who said, we can't go do the thing that they absolutely had to go do? Like, not to get too conserved. Kill the dude? Yeah, kill the Like, that was the only way to, like, save the entire planet was to kill the dude. No, I don't think the moral of this season is they should have killed that dude. The other thing they keep saying is there's always another way. Yeah, there's no, sometimes think- there's not, though. But they actually, what they did was not try anything. It's Flanders as a beatnik. We tried <laughs> nothing, and we're all we out of ideas. Nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, uh, we're flabbergasted. I guess we killed this person. And I'm not speaking from my beliefs. I'm just saying that I think that the show is sort of pitching that what if Pat is too much of a sit around, sit on his hands, do-gooder, like, go get something mm-hmm. fucking done, Pat. How about that? How about that shit? Again, they were sit on their hands until it was kill a dude. I, Ryan, have you always been pro murder or just <laughs> yes. recently? I can answer for Ryan. Since okay. the goddamn day I was born, <laughs> mom almost boarded me. How about I abort you, mom? That was my first thought. <laughs> I wow, advanced. I didn't, I didn't think this until today when I was prepping for the show, but I do think that Joel McHale was lying. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I feel like that you're the most. Out of everybody on the pot filter shows, you're the most pro Joel McHale. How do you think he's as a dude? As a, as a no, I mean, just like you're a fan. How do you think he's doing with the this like role? Do you think he's pulling off I these scenes where he's like trying to be sad and shit? This is the least Joel McHale I've ever seen him be. And I watched the Soup, <laughs> and I watched Community, and I've seen him live at Sacramento do comedy. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is the most acting I've ever seen him do. It really is. And it I what I like is because he is a smarmy sarcastic real life person and not an actor when he is trying to be sincere, I do think he's next season's big bad. And so when he's trying to be sincere, I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> I do think the Joe McHale we saw last week, if him saying, shut the fuck up, Pat. You're not really in the Justice Society. You don't have powers. Don't ask to flash any questions. That's the real Starman. And this beer-giving Starman, hey, I'm really sorry I brought you into that, like you said, Rye, is horse shit. I have been uh, brewing my own beer, and I brewed a new one that is like, it's good looking, but it's kind of bitter. I was thinking of calling it Joel <laughs> McHale. Mm. Is uh, the foam on top balding, but you always try to hide that? Oh, man. I was going on such a good bit right there, and you fucking ruined it. Like, what I was doing was award-winning classic, and you shat on it. Can I- I'm sorry. I just had a the soup-style burn Joe McHale balding who's had to wear wigs for the last 10 years. This is too harsh for me. Uh, can we talk about the shade? 
Did you see this shade yes. heel heel turn heel second third or fourth heel turn coming? I still don't think he's evil because he had that he's that, that moment his... on the rooftop right where he was like, "Oh fuck," and he was alone, right? And he said, "What are these children not acting for anybody?" He wanted his powers back, and he still doesn't want all these kids to die. But I just I feel like if you walk around town with tails and a top hat. You're going to have an ego, and you're going to want your powers back, no matter what oh, side you're on. For you know? sure. That's why I had to stop wearing my tails and top hat. <laughs> but Ryan, what is your moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is... Uh, it's. I just read Seth Rogen's biography, autobiography, and he uh, talks about a time where he was in an elevator with Sylvester Stallone, and Sylvester Stallone said, well, hello, Seth. And then Seth had to turn around and say, hello, Sylvester. And then he realized that that's not a fucking real name. Like, you read it all the time, but to actually say it out loud, it is the craziest S-Y-L-Vester. Like, what is that as a name? And the fact that Joel McHale's character is just named Sylvester. Sylvester Pemberton. (laughs) That's not a real name. No one should be named that. That's my moment of the week. Uh, mine is they find Jenny. She uses her Green Lantern powers on the Black Diamond, and it summons Eclipso. And she's like, "What is that? What else is there? Are there ghosts?" And then Courtney's response of like, "Well, th- there is a gentleman ghost." Made me laugh so hard at how fucking dumb comics are. <laughs> how <laughs> this shit and how supportive Courtney is because she could have just said no, yeah. bitch. But she was like, "There are, I guess." <laughs> Stargirls on Tuesdays on the CW. Your next show is Batwoman. In the season three premiere of Batwoman, Batwoman and yet to be named Batwing are rounding up Batman's lost villain trophies when a new Mad Hatter hits the scene. This causes the Rogues Division to start back up, which means Renee Montoya is on the case. Meanwhile, Mary's Valvatorian in med school and is bummed all of her family dead or incarcerated or on the lam. Tasty James, I ask you this. Ask me this question once I'm done asking the question. How excited are you for the newest members of Team Bat? Hey, Mike. How excited are you for the new members of Team Bat to be introduced on the show? James, thank you so much. Uh, Renee Montoya is one of the illustrious characters who was introduced on... Batman the Animated Series and was so popular they introduced her in the comics. Huh. The other character is Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn has obviously had the Hot Topic boost and got much more popular, but Renee Montoya is a badass and this version of her is dope as hell. And by the end of the episode, uh, they've had to let Alice loose from Arkham to stop the new Mad Hatter because he's in love with her, Avi. But Renee Montoya knows who Ryan Wilder is, know who Alice is, and says, hey, you two have to work together and get all those other bat villain trophies or else I'll ruin both of your lives. So now these two people who hate each other have to work together. She just forced the odd couple yet again, and I'm so fucking excited. Best question ever asked, James. Thank you. Thank you. for Thank you. And thank you. <laughs> uh, if I must, the moment of my week is uh, Mary is even while running it in a legal clinic and then being a sidekick on team bat is Victorian at her medical school and still has time to be upset that her superhero friends and her incarcerated dad and ex superhero sister cannot show up. And look, 
when you're graduating or when you're getting married, you're going to be selfish and you're going to freak out and be like, nobody's else life matters but mine today. And you're right. I agree with you, Mary. Batwoman's on Wednesdays on the CW. Your last show of the week is Why the Last Man. Uh, this week's episode of Why, 355 falls asleep at the wheel. And the crew finds themselves prisoners-ish of a new group of women. This one, the former inmates and current roommates of a prison. Meanwhile, the former first lady finally puts the pieces together. The Jennifer's son and monkey, or as I called it, Sunky, are alive and throws herself off the White House. Taste buds, I ask you this. Does the meeting of the prison ladies, just after the meeting of the Megamart women, feel different than The Walking Dead's constant colony after colony after colony? Was it the White House? Aren't they? Yeah. Was it not the Pentagon? Pentagon. The Pentagon. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Okay. But they stand in for the White House. Oh. I, I mean, isn't the Pentagon where they're living, which is a house, and it's painted white, therefore a white house? It's kind of a beige. Okay, the beige house. Throws, throws herself a off the beige house. Marble. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I think the oh, when when my wife, who does not watch a lot of these shows, turned to me and she's like, "It's got to be better to be there than the fucking Costco house, huh?" Yes, they've done an infinitely better already than what Walking Dead. Every Walking Dead colony seems exactly the same from day dot, and already Costco v prison seems so different. And it doesn't even seem hacky. It doesn't seem like they're trying to be like, see how different this one is? It's just naturally showing up. I don't think they're trying to say, hey, America, rethink of who is incarcerated and how we treat the carceral system. But that is exactly what this episode is doing and compared to the last Costco episode. Or even do a Romero thing of the people who live in the Costco are the capitalists who always must purchase uh-huh. things. You know? But I, I, I would like, though, a back and forth in an eventual episode of Prison versus Costco and... Like not not on a surface level. But Who are the like, real prisoners? Right. Yeah, but I, I I mean they are different colonies. They are leading their cults differently. I would say differently. Well, I don't think the prison is a cult. It's let's just compare Roxanne, who leads Costco, uh, to the head of the prison gals, who I don't remember her name, but she is cooking great barbecue chicken. She's saying everybody fuck who you want to fuck. Look at my great hipster lights I've put up that are at every bar. She's creating an awesome environment and is not ruling with an iron fist and is not trying to brainwash anybody. She's just trying to say, what if we survive and not just survive, but thrive versus Roxanne who's saying, if you disagree with what I say, I refuse to give you an Amazonian name and I will kill you right now. James, you had a crazy week. You uh, watched your first Walking Dead and got through every episode of Why this week. Oh my goodness. Uh, It was was actually... um, Wednesday, just straight up Wednesday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild Wednesday. Wild Wednesday, indeed. Like a why? Uh, like, a, like, do you a, see the similarities? Do you see the differences? Like, what do you? What? What do you? Do you like why? And it, does it separate itself from Walking Dead? Well, um, yeah. I mean, I was um, the Walking Dead replaced its dead people slash men with a thing, a menace, and the menace in Why the Last Man is the absence of those people, um, which is interesting to me. I also, I read the comic, or the first vo- the first TPB of, of Why the Last Man, and, like, I like the concept, but the sort of binary gendered thing was troublesome to me, and so I was like, eh, I'm pretty good. And then watching this, I had been like, eh, I remember the thing. And then you had it on your list, and I was like, 
All right, well let's let's take a look at it. let's take a look at it. Watch the first episode. Then I googled uh, why the last man, you know, transgender, and just like saw that people were like, oh, they actually did like research and looked up mm-hmm. stuff and whatever. Um, and then this episode was written by Charlie Jane Anders, who is awesome, and she wrote uh, some books that are great that I cannot for the life of me think of what one of them is called. But she's a great author, and she is also a trans woman, and it is. Very cool to see why the last man is, was bafflingly really, really enjoyable for me to watch all of this week. And, uh, walking dead was also something that I watched this week. So that's all the birds in the sky in six months, three days, all the birds in the sky rules. And, uh, victory is greater than death is the other one that I, uh, that I read that was really, really good. And her hair looks dope. Yeah. And she's dope. And she responds to you on Twitter. So, Say hi. Also, the showrunner and the visual effects supervisor liked my tweet where I said I liked their show. So I'm kind of like Hollywood <laughs> now. You know, like, You're basically Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that happened this episode is that Beth came back. Or uh, yeah, uh, Yorick didn't meet Beth, but Jennifer right. hung out with Beth, and then Beth went right to a van and reported a bunch of stuff. And I would say that normally, in normal times, I would say that's a little quick for Beth to <laughs> become an extremist. Uh, but that would be four years ago. Now I'm like, Beth is definitely could be an extremist at this point. Like, it's really not that hard anymore. Did you guys guess the minute Beth showed up? You're like, I bet she's on the team of the people screaming. I didn't even re- I like when it was hooded figure approaching thing. I was like, who's this going to be? Like, mm. I'm not. I Sometimes I'm a pretty good at plot detective. And sometimes I'm like, Wow. I didn't even see that coming. The only character that we've been looking for this entire show <laughs> suddenly showing back up. <laughs> yeah, it'd be lame if it was like Nora. Again. <laughs> what What I like about it being Beth is in the comics, Beth still goes to Australia yeah. as all this happens. And then that means eventually York tries to go to Australia. Dumb. Yeah. But Beth joining an extremist group, cool. Yeah. I'm team Jennifer. I think Jennifer Brown is how everybody used to describe Martin Sheen. Oh, uh, sure. On the West Wing. I can see that. Uh, this is the president we should have. I think she only actually has people's good in heart, and she's doing everything right, and everybody who's against her sucks. But I do like that Ugh. different people are against her for different reasons. Yeah. That, that is, is a good show. That's super interesting. The, thing, the, the worst thing to happen to Jennifer in one way is that both of her kids survived. And it's crazy yeah. how throughout mm-hmm. the, all seven episodes, people will come up to her and say, like, did you do this thing to save your kid? And she was like, what? And then they're like, Cause I would, <laughs> no, I hate my kids. I would, I, would do, I would do literally anything to save my kids. I would do literally anything. Yeah. But if she were to say, yeah, then I, di- I did do this thing, they'd be like, fuck you. How dare you, you, you selfish bitch. Burn this whole building yeah. down. <laughs> and, and so she hey. just has to do it and not tell anyone. Um, I have a question, and I think it's formed in this on this show. It's formed in this in this way. Taste buds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm yeah, listening. Who do you? Mm, I'm going to assume you both dislike these people, but who do you dislike more, Kimberly or Regina? Regina. Okay. Why? I. Well, Regina is. Uh, Marjorie Taylor owns shooters. Like Regina is yeah. a, I, I, I wish I could say a cartoon character version, but she is just real, real. Republicans yeah. who are fucking suck. I would understand if you hate Kimber more, but I, 
I said this last week and I'll say it again every week. I think she, I think what the writers and Amber Tamblyn are building are the best modern supervillain we've ever seen. For sure. For sure. Okay, so I, I have a I have <laughs> I have a similar answer. Except that uh to me Regina is a xenomorph. Like uh-huh. Regina just has this mission to uh kill or be killed. You know, like Regina is uh, borderline not a character. It's just a uh, this monster that roams through halls. <laughs> She's an ideology, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Kimberly, I think, is someone who, like, well, now she's out to get Jennifer, but now she's here to protect Jennifer's uh, assistant, Christine. baby, Christine's baby, and. I think Kimberly moves and flows and arcs, and that's so much scarier to me than yes. Regina, yeah. who is just on the well, radar going. Nom, 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 nom. Regina's What's the nice, cause, Ryan, and Kimberly's the Kimber's the effect, right? Like what? Uh, Kimber is actually the fantasy. There are a thousand Reginas out there. <laughs> Kimber doesn't exist. And what a perfect um, name, really, Regina! Like Mean Girls, I hate Re- that Mean Girls Regina it. to this Regina <laughs> is a perfect arc. Okay, but it means queen. Yeah. And so when we said, uh-huh. oh, I'm Regina, I was like, oh, there's the president. There's the. I've also been watching kind of catching up on Game of Thrones slowly because that one later in the time Emmys. So I'm like, oh, here's your like, oh, I'm also vying for the crown sort of person because her name's Regina. And sure enough, she's like, I'm president. The worst, I would say the like, worst scenes of why to me are when uh, Regina is talking to Jennifer, the president, and uh, Jennifer says something and Regina's like, Yes, president. And then a tiny little Regina head will come out of Regina's mouth. <laughs> and, and Jennifer will look over and be like, what was that? And Regina shoves it back in real quick. Like, oh, it was mm, just some cheese. I burped up a little bit of cheese. I'm so sorry. That's why her throat's all messed up is because she has a yeah. smaller her in her, in her mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, I, but man, Kim- uh, Kimberly uh, was already against, uh, Kimberly was already against Jennifer and then watching her mom dive off the pentagon and then blaming jennifer uh-huh. shit's about to get bad guys for yeah. sure have you guys already talked about mash and what mash represents and stuff in previous installments of this mash the television program Alan that arkin tv show yeah that uh that kimber's mom is watching all the time oh yeah how suicide no. is painless and that's how well there's suicide is painless and then there's like it's war but it's irreverent liberal war but it's still war, but it's all the things she's watching are, are Hawkeye being like, I'm not going to fire that gun. I'm not going to kill that person. I'm not going to whatever. I don't even like looking at the oh, gun and all shit. this stuff. We haven't talked about that at all. Yeah. I am going to choke this chicken. Oh my God. It's a baby. <laughs> it all just means jerking off. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's pretty, I thought that Mar- I, I was hoping that Marla was going to stick around for a while because I thought that was more interesting to me than the anger that Kimber and, yeah, Regina brought her and grief swinging into anger, swinging into grief, swinging into insanity was, and that this actress right. crushed it. Yeah, especially when she dropped that yeah. that glass when it was like monkey, and it was like glass. And I was like, oh shit, the monkey's gonna come back to bite bite him. <laughs> it was exactly yeah. like that I Lucifer scene where week. Chloe heard something and she was like. I solved another murder. That's basically what happened. <laughs> James, yeah. what's your moment of the week? I had two um, because I I uh, got it down. I loved it. Uh, uh, so it's a tie between... I really like... Listen, I didn't like Allison Mann at first. And she's grown on me as she's been in this trio of banter. The, the banter trio, <laughs> as I like to call it. 
Um, so both she's in both of my uh, moments of the week. The first is, she says, so if we do get out, there could be hundreds of convicts waiting for us. And 355 says, mm-hmm. She says, I would be worried, but now you've got that shoelace. <laughs> it was a good delivery. And it's like, I don't know. And I, I forgot that 355 is like, all right, well, I will slap back at that. But uh, it was a really good... Uh, I was too busy laughing at that delivery to uh, realize how much she pissed off 355. Um, and then 355 says uh, later, she says, some of them are, were serving life sentences. So if they think we're a threat... And why is like, what? You, you trailed off. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, which is a, a very Simpsonian sort of, like... You uh, what? just tried it off right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, then Allison says they're going to kill us. That's what uh, that's what she's saying. Uh, and then I, I actually thought we were leading to the shoelace thing, so I was writing more of the dialogue. But um, what you trailed off uh, was an unexpected but delightful uh, delivery of a of a very cool line meta sort of deal. Agreed. Ryan, moment of the week. My moment of the week is when uh, Regina looks right at Kimberly and says, "Suffering, really." Well, if you shed even half a tear, your boys would have to split it. And I'm not even sure what that line means, but it feels yeah. like the most hurtful thing you could at least tell her. No. And it wasn't Regina who said it. It was her mom. Oh, it was Marla. Oh, shit. Which hurts more. Her mom was saying, all of your grief is performative. Right. And yeah. so there would and only it, be one tear and your boys would have to grapple for it like it's fucking food yeah. for starving children. Because everything you do is horseshit. Oh, that was good. Uh Mine is, uh, Regina says, uh, York Brown is alive. We have to save him. And Marla's saying, but you said he was a beta boy that does magic tricks. <laughs> <laughs> and Regina being like, uh, but he's the only guy. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, that 355 finally, it started to build last episode, but she's no longer Mary Sue. She has flaws yeah. as a I'm human being. Lie. She is overly proud and hates that anybody might deign to ask her if she might need and their goes help. And goes to Slushytown. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's a problem. I, Look, having done that before, oh, I, that's fine. It was relatable as hell. Over I was like, that. I hate how much I relate to this car crash scene because uh. she was falling asleep. <laughs> like I, um, And I also would like uh, Yorick's escape artist thing to pay off. I would really love yes. it if it paid off. Well, we I'm got a little bit of it. It's brought up, and he's like, oh, that's harder. <laughs> well, it's, it's only gotten them in more trouble because he was yeah. tied up. I thought that was hilarious, though. I was like, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, no. Let this be a lesson to all magicians and escape artists out there. It will only lead to your life being worse and literally never better. Please and not make your off. loved ones have a harder time. Um, There is a very sort of literary fiction foreshadowing thing where he's like, they have to believe you're in real danger in order for like this, the the whole explanation of like mm-hmm. distraction. I'm like, all right, well let's keep that in mind. Cause they're basically writing that down for future reference. Right. Um, if we don't hear that in flashback, I would be really happy if they just sort of delivered and trust, uh, trusted us. But I bet we hear that in flashback. <laughs> Shows don't do that. Why the Last Man's on Mondays on Hulu. That are all of our shows. Ryan, I do believe you have an interview for us this week. Yes, sir. Uh, we are about to talk to. I'm about to talk to. Mike, you didn't do shit. I, I asked I you for help. You said no. James. Why would I help I you? I did not ask you for help because I knew that you would say no. But I'm a great interviewer. I talk I'll just take to, it for you. Uh, Lock and Key is coming back. I don't know if you guys are excited. But I talked to the comic book club. 
about Lock and Key Season 2. By the way, these people I talked to, uh, they were big fans of Lock and Key Season 1, and they were big fans of the comic book. Do you guys know why, besides them liking the comic book? Because they like Stephen King. They were in the fucking comic book. They were such big fans that they got drawn in and got murdered in the Lock and Key comic book. That's awesome. Hey, is Lock and Key good? Do we yes. do we like okay? Because I really like, we like the it. I like the the comic a lot, but I'm like, does this we translate enjoy to it. okay? Uh, do you remember that time in the comic book where like a bearded guy got split in two? Because I talked to that guy. Listen, tonight. so many people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ryan talked to that guy. Which half? Uh, both of them. Uh, I only talked to both the bottom parts of the two halves, just the feet and balls, nice. all butt, Cute. and a lot of butt. Well, that's what we're about to hear. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Ryan's interview with the Comic Book Club. Thank you so much, Cassie. I am here. I have the honor of talking to Alex. Do you go by Alex? Alex, yeah. Alex is great. I'm sorry. I was talking to Pete first. Pete, do you go by Alex? No, I never. Not not one time. I go by Pete, though. Pete, though? Yeah, that's the weird part. Okay. Pete, though. So uh, I am here with Pete and Pete, though. Uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, though, from... (laughs) The comic book crew, the CBC. That's right. <laughs> yes. Which, yeah, from the comic book club podcast. Comic yes. book club. That's how we usually. Yeah. Um, the comic. That's. Do you guys refer to yourself as the CBC? And do you give medical <laughs> advice because people might mistake you for the CDC? Uh, no, actually, we usually broadcast reruns of Degrassi because we think of ourselves as the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Oh, there's so many good CBCs out there. mm Hmm. Um, several bad ones, but we won't mention which ones. Yeah, I don't want to get sued. Uh, mm. Why don't you guys... Let's first start... Uh, talk about the Enterprise for me. Uh, tell my listeners about what it is you guys do over at the website and on the shows. Yeah, sure. So, first of all, it actually is called Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. Pete is the other guy. Say hi, Pete. Hey! <laughs> there you go. And we have a third host, Justin. We've been doing a live comic book talk show for, I think, over 15 years at this point. Is that right, Pete? That's right. We're old. Oh, my gosh. We are very old. We started off as a live show in New York at a comedy theater called the People's Improv Theater. Went through a ton of different iterations, like most of the world. We've been doing virtually every week on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube now. And a couple of years ago, we started to expand... Our podcast, first of all, we started to record it as a podcast. We hooked up with Nerdist about a decade ago. We've since parted ways with them. We do it on our own now. But they said, hey, why don't you do it as a podcast? And we said, great. So we just (laughs) set up a recorder at the live show, and that was pretty much it. But we started to think, hey, maybe we could do some other things. And that actually started, weirdly enough, with Riverdale, because we saw the trailer liked Archie comics, except for Pete who hated Archie comics, but we thought this looks weird and interesting. What if we tried to do a Riverdale podcast, like a Riverdale recap podcast. And now we're doing upwards of three to four TV podcasts a week. In addition to the three podcasts that we tape every night for our listen listeners and Patreon supporters. Um, so Pete loves it. Pete keeps adding extra podcasts. He's the one that keeps pushing it really, really hard. Not me. Doom Patrol is next. Look out! (laughs) But there's a lot of them, and one of them, which I think, not to spoil what we're going to be talking about in a little bit, but one of them is a Lock and Key podcast called Lock and Key Unlock that's going to be revving up pretty soon. And part of the reason we did that one is we're huge, huge fans of Lock and Key 
back from the very first release of the comic to be full disclosure from the release of the second issue, because we actually missed the first issue. Um, but to the point, we were such big fans that we actually ended up in the comic book as characters. What the so, fuck? Yeah. So yeah, I get split in two by double-sided black axe. It's pretty sweet. My character, Dr. Zalbin, still alive. Still yeah, out there he, somewhere. He lives. Me and Justin <laughs> die horrible deaths. Uh, but the long story short is that we still do the weekly show. We still do that every Tuesday. We have on comic book guests and comedy guests, and we talk about comic books and interview them, take questions live from the audience, give out prizes, that sort of thing. Uh, but also we have a ton of spin-off, offshoot comic book uh, related podcasts from the Lock and Key one to we've been doing a regular Marvel one, talking about the Disney Plus Marvel shows, as well as revisiting the MCU. We do a Stargirl podcast right now. We've been doing a Why the Last Man podcast called Why the Cast Man and Why a lot man. of other things. Why the Cast Man. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Man, that title was just sitting there for you guys. That's a, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took it. We had to grab it. So everyone should continue listening to our show, my show. But after that, yeah, you guys have... I, I got to be honest, Ryan. I, got, I don't think they're going to have time. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you can't cut out his fan base. No, that's, we, we're like a virus. We come on other podcasts and we take all of their that's listeners. That's not true. I just, this, whole thing, them. this whole thing was sort of about <laughs> like building a community, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's just, you guys just you ruined them it, all. Alex. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take them. This is the first time I've ever heard, don't just subscribe to ours, unsubscribe to theirs. Actually, take the effort to hit the unsubscribe button. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Alex, how many times have you been to a bar with Pete and he has not mentioned the fact that he was sliced in half in a comic book? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Probably could count that on one hand, to be yeah. perfectly honest. We definitely bring it up a lot. And Justin, again, our third co-host who's not here, likes to bring up the fact that the panel he is in... He is in lock and key. He is looking up and there is a boulder falling, but technically you never see the boulder. Like the boulder's like about a foot above his head. He likes to bring up. You never actually see him flat under the boulder. So maybe he's alive as well. But I I, I think we can be honest. He's dead. I I, he died. I got an email from Justin just now that says, I'm sorry, I can't be on the show, but I think the way that they asked your subscribers to unsubscribe is rude and I will just not be a part of it. So that's wow. that's justin, Classic justin. Yeah, well he's out of the show too he's out of the show i'm sorry justin you said do not read on air on this email and i did and i uh, <laughs> he knew it was going to happen first. Yeah. my first question what has been answered already and so i guess we'll just okay. sit here because that's how interviews go um <laughs> lock- no follow-ups <laughs> lock and key is not the most famous comic book mm-hmm. um were you guys surprised to see Netflix pick it up or do you are we just in this era where if it's in a if it's if it's panels on a page it will be on your television screen. Well, I I think it's one of those things where like you know, we've seen movies and television mine comic books for ideas and Lock and Key was just kind of an award-winning property, so it was just a matter of time and you know, since we were such huge fans, it went through different iterations. This is like the third time it's almost like, well, it's on television now, but like, you know, it was uh, uh, different things before that didn't make it. So it was nice to kind of see it finally get its day. Have you guys checked well, on that I, original pilot? Yes. I, I've actually seen it several times. I watched it. 
So uh, just to give your listeners, I, I don't know if they necessarily know the history of Lock and Key. Maybe you guys talk about it on the show. And if you do, please stop me. But um, it was in development pretty much from the second it came out. Like it was optioned, I believe. It, I don't know if it was Dimension Films first, but it was definitely optioned as a film. They were going to do it as a film. They were going to do it as a trilogy. They were going to do a bunch of different things. It never really worked out. Then they eventually, like you were mentioning, uh, picked it up at Fox and moved over to Fox as a TV series. And they did a pilot that went nowhere. It had a great pedigree. There was a great cast in it. Uh, and, but it didn't end up getting picked up specifically because I think, oh gosh, what was it? it was Alcatraz. I don't know if you remember the show Alcatraz. Yeah. It started yeah. Hurley from Lost, which honestly was not bad. Like it got pretty good over its run, but it was this whole thing about like prisoners from Alcatraz throughout time appearing back in San Francisco. And that got canceled after half a season, but apparently reportedly Fox had to decide, okay, we have these two supernatural shows. Do we go for lock and key or do we go for Alcatraz? And they went for Alcatraz and that got canceled. But the pilot ended up, like you're saying it, first of all, leaked online. Don't download illegal stuff, but you can find it on Vimeo, and it's really good. Uh, but oh, it they also really showed good. it off and said, yeah, I really like it a lot. Like The thing that is very interesting about the original Fox pilot is it basically rips through the entire story of the first volume in one episode. Okay. So... Even more than the Netflix series, not to jump ahead of the timeline, but even more than the Netflix series, I don't know what they were going to do for the first season of that show. Like, they were going to be done with the adapted material. Uh, I believe, reportedly, they were going to do, like, every other episode. Like, episode one would be volume one, and then episode two would be something original, and then episode three would be volume two. But that's crazy. Uh, re- regardless, it's really good, and I remember very distinctly seeing it at San Diego Comic-Con, because they showed it off that year. They had sort of like this tribute panel where they are talking about, well, this didn't happen, but in an unprecedented series of events, Fox was like, yeah, we don't care. Show it off. And it got such a good response there. Ultimately, the show ended up getting picked up by Hulu. They did a second pilot with an entirely different cast, except for one actor, I believe, who hung on, who actually hang on through, hung on. No, no, no. There was a completely different cast there. There was one actor, the guy who plays Sam on the Netflix show, hung on from the Hulu version. So again, they did a pilot. Hulu didn't want to pick it up. And then Netflix said, you know what? Let's try this out and picked it up right to series. So there was already that commitment for the one season. And I have to imagine, I don't know this for sure, but I have to imagine they were like, We've done this two times. We've been doing this for a decade. Give us a guarantee or we're not making another pilot right. for you. Yeah, it's like that relationship where, you know, it's, it's, you get dumps and you get dumps and, you know, yeah. when you get engaged to or you get proposed, you're like, I, this better be fucking real. I swear to God, or I'm out of here. <laughs> that was my reaction to my right, my wife. Yeah. That's what I said. My, my wife. Better be f- my wife. Um, current. Good reference. <laughs> really doesn't seem like uh, you have a wife because of the way you said my that. wife quotes. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say it. It's so uncomfortable for me. To- <laughs> <laughs> she's out right now with friends, so it's, it's weird. It's like she's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is the life of a podcaster, by the way. Exactly what you're describing. Uh, wife is out. We don't know if they're coming back. That's just how it works when you, when you talk about TV shows. Um, okay, so then. It was finally on Netflix. Now, you guys, did you guys do your, uh, a, a lock and key podcast right with the first season? 
Yeah, we knew it was coming down the pike. We knew it got announced. And since we were such huge fans of Lock and Key, we thought, first of all, it would be fun to revisit the comic Comics. book. Yeah. And so we did a bunch of podcasts beforehand, recapping the graphic novel volume by volume. We also did a podcast with Chris Ryall, who is the editor of Lock and Key. We did one with Gabriel Rodriguez talking about his anticipation for the show. And then we recapped every episode of the show. And then we actually had a second check-in with uh, Gabriel Rodriguez after the show aired. Once we could talk about spoilery bits, including this is a spoiler for the first season, but he and Joe Hill, who wrote the comic book, actually have a cameo in the show. So we were able to talk about it after that show. That was very fun. Uh, and then beyond that, the other things that we've done, we, uh, about the comic book on our live show, we had Joe, Gabriel, and uh, Chris Ryall on all to talk about their Sandman crossover comic book, which is awesome. They teased the show a little bit. And we had Halia Jones, who plays Eden on the series. She's sort of the mean girl in the first season, if you remember that. And then some twists happened with her that I, I won't spoil if people haven't watched the first season. But she came on our show to actually talk about a comic project that she was involved in, talked about Lock and Key as well a lot. Uh, and she was very cool and fun to talk to as well. So we've been as heavily involved in talking about the Netflix show and the related comic books as people will let us, essentially. Now, let's go over your schedule then, because I uh, show like Riverdale After Dark, you know, you guys watch yeah. it, and then you record whenever you can. With some, When something drops all 10 episodes at the same time, what are you guys doing? You know, this is going to get very wonky very quickly, and I hope you, I'm sure as a fellow podcaster, you're interested. I don't know if anybody listening will be interested, but I played around with a bunch of different release schedules for Netflix releases, and it's a weird thing, because I do think diehard fans, it's going to drop at 3 a.m. on October 22nd. They're going to be done with 10 episodes by 1 p.m., right? Like, they're going to wake up at 3. They're going to be done. And technically, somehow, you should be able to have all 10 episodes of your podcast up so that they can actually watch it. Uh, They can listen to it immediately and get, like, that after-show experience, right? But I don't think that's actually best for the way of putting up podcasts, and I don't think that's the way a general audience watches. I think they do, at the very least, space it out a little bit over the course of the weekend, maybe over the course of the week. So, we actually did a Sweet Tooth podcast, uh, which is also great, if anybody hasn't watched that show. I love that show on Netflix. And the comic book is fantastic as well. Um, But we ended up rolling out that one one a day. Like rather than rolling out, I, I had tried some things where we rolled out a couple on the like three on the first day, and then two on the second day, and two on the third day. But it just felt like a lot. Like it was an overwhelming amount of content. Um, and with Sweet Tooth, so we did that one a day, and we ended up, which was actually very fun. We ended up talking to the showrunner. We talked to one of the EPs. So we had some bonus episodes at the end there. So I think in total, it ran about 10 or 11 days or something like that um, over the course of the run as soon as it launched. And that was a, a more comfortable schedule in terms of actually taping it. It was a more comfortable schedule in terms of actually putting the episodes together, editing them, getting them up. But I also think it was better for the listeners, because what I saw without getting into stats, and again, this is getting very wonky. I know, I saw I'm really, into it. Yeah, I saw it honestly built at a steadier pace over the course of that than if we dumped everything at once. Like, I think for 
Sabrina, I don't remember which season because we did a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina podcast as well. We dumped, I think, every episode for one of the parts over the course of a weekend. And it was like, we got some good listeners for that weekend, but then that was it. You know, it, yeah. it was done just the same way with the Netflix binge. But here at least we saw, I saw like the first episode was getting more listeners when the second episode came out, when the third episode came out, when right. the fourth episode came out. So I do think it's this cumulative effect of that's how actually, you know, once you get off of Twitter and people not stop tweeting over the course of a weekend of release, and then they get past that. I think ultimately that is actually how most people are watching. They're watching like an episode or two day because that's all they can really handle. And they're interested in that said, that all said with lock and key, that's the plan right now for season two. But I do wonder if a season two is going to be different than a season one of something, because you do already have that audience who is diehard about it. So regardless, to make a long story short, our plan currently is to take the 10 episodes, roll them out over 10 days, one a day. But I'll be interested to see what happens. It's a continuing experiment. I This is all fascinating to me. And I do firmly believe that everybody who listens to a podcast has a podcast. So I think this is interesting to our listeners as well. Um, do, you, do you guys... Is it watch watch a show, record a show, watch a show, record a show, or are you knocking out all ten and like taking furious notes? Well, the, I I can't yeah, uh, yeah I can't keep them straight. If I uh, watch <laughs> uh, you know like two apps and we're talking about the first app, I'll something will slip and I'll say something I shouldn't, and Alex will get mad at me. So <laughs> just and also emotionally. Uh, I get very involved with the characters, so it's easier to kind of like watch an app and then, you know, talk about that app and then kind of move on that way. Yeah, we kind of learned as we've been experimenting, and granted, we're now like five years or four or five years into experimenting with TV podcast, but we definitely learned that specifically, Pete, we need to do it an episode at a time. That's fine. Like, it's a lot to keep in your brain for this stuff. For me, it's tricky because my day job is writing about TV. I'm managing editor at a place called Decider. I work with a lot of writers who are working on TV shows, even though I'm not covering a TV show myself. So often, I'll have to watch an entire season of a TV show as quickly as possible just so I can assist a writer and talk to them about pitches and come up with ideas. Or, for example, if I'm going to be writing about a show, which is a little more rare, same sort of thing. i got to get it out of the way very quickly. So there are times when we will tape a podcast and I have watched the entire season but we are talking about it episode by episode because that's more comfortable for Pete and certainly in terms of Justin is very busy as well. So keeping up with his schedule. Yeah. So, he's out with Tom Hanks now. So we barely see him. That is uh very, it's true, but also a weird thing to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee um, you Justin made him bring that up. Yes. He, <laughs> we just got an email from him and he said, do read on the podcast, which is weird. But, but yeah, for me, I think a lot of what I do in that case is either putting myself much more in the hosting role. So I'm offering prompts, uh, asking questions of Pete and Justin rather than offering my own theories. Or honestly, there are times that I, I'm not trying to lie to the listeners, but there are times when I'll think back, what was I thinking when I was watching this episode and speculating? Right. And if we do have that come up organically, I will bring up my speculation that I was at, at that episode. If I, if I can come up with it, but uh, again, like we're trying to, 
create the reaction experience, I think, as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, on my show, we cover every episode of every week. So, for instance, this week that we're about to record uh, at the time of this recording, uh, we're going to cover this week's episode of Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, Stargirl, two episodes of Lucifer, Titan, Supergirl, The Walking Dead, Why the Last Man, Doom Patrol, and The Walking Dead World Beyond. And so I feel oh, like... Oh, is that it? Is I, that it? <laughs> I feel like I can say maybe more than anybody else on the planet except for you two, not all comic book-based TV shows are created equal. Some are better than others. <laughs> what happens when you guys run into something where you're like, oh, no, this, does, this uh, isn't good? Yeah, we have giant fights about it. Um, there's a, uh, there's times where I will straight up hate a show and then we kind of, uh, it can be a struggle. There are times where we, you know, we might have to just be like, all right, um, you know, uh, two people are really enjoying a show. Maybe one person isn't. So that other person's just kind of like tries to stay positive. There's a lot of different. The good news is we're all comic book nerds, so, you know, we can appreciate things. You know, it's, uh, the, the geek in us that maybe got shoved into a locker is just happy to have so many choices. So like, but sometimes shows are just, you know, they're not given the time or love that they should. So it kind of can hurt to watch. I think part of the way that I usually try to come at things if something isn't working is talk about why it isn't working, you know, rather than this is bad, this sucks, I hate this, is what isn't working about this? What potentially could be better about this? Where are the places that it can potentially improve? Or honestly, most of the time, and there are very rare examples that contradict this, but I think most of the time when you're getting to broadcast or streaming or something like that, when you're getting a professional TV program, there's a level of craft there that at least makes it, you know, a 50% or better. (laughs) So at least there's going to be something that you can point out to where I don't like the show. I don't like the actors. I don't like the writing, but this one aspect of it is something that I do think is interesting or do enjoy. And generally I'll tend to lean in on that on the podcast, but I don't think there has been anything because we have a limited amount of time because there's uh, you know, we're only three people and there's only so much we can do. And it actually limits our time in terms of how do our schedules necessarily align to do these things is we really try to limit it to what is something that we can actually tackle in terms of a TV recap podcast. And also, is there a good chance we're going to like it? I think why the last man was actually a really good example where I watched it to be frank. I didn't really like it at first. And just so I said, we had talked about, we love the comic book. This is something we really want to be covering. We think we love the title that we book. came up with for our podcast. <laughs> exactly. We started with that. Yeah. We started with that first and then worked towards the podcast. Uh, no, we actually came up with that later. But yeah. just, uh, I basically said, hey, let's watch the pilot. Let's see what you think. Justin kind of dug it. Pete absolutely hated it. Oh, damn. And said, I'm out. And so we said, hey, Pete, watch ahead. We'd love to have you on. It actually didn't work out schedulized that Pete could do it when we really wanted to get up that first episode. So Justin and I taped it. And I'll tell you, I've kind of come around on the show, honestly, by about episode five or six, uh, which is not my favorite thing to recommend to people. I yeah. think like our time is at a premium. You but- just got to give it five hours, then you might like it. Right, exactly. But even when I was watching it, (laughs) I have the whole collection back here. I'm a huge Why the Last (laughs) Man fan, but just like watching it, and I was just like, it 
kind of broke my heart. I was like, I mm-hmm. can't do this right now. Like just with everything that's going on and, you know, the virus and COVID and shit and seeing all these dead dudes was just, I was like, I can't, I can't do this right now. Like I, I'm going to just, I don't want to be just the person who's not having fun on a podcast. And, and, and the more I watch, I was worried the more it might affect how much I love the comic or these oh, yeah. characters that I know and love. So I was just like, let me just, you know, like uh, uh, step away for this one. But I mean, uh, it's yeah. not—it's not exactly a uh, sweep you into fantasy land kind of show. Like you're, you're <laughs> yeah. basically watching a documentary of right now. So yeah. I totally understand that. I was like, I need—I don't need this right now. Right now is a little rough. Yeah, and uh, it's the sort of thing that if Justin had been ambivalent about it, I think we would have just said, you know what, let's skip it. Let's not waste our time recapping eight, uh, 10 episodes. It's 10 episodes of the first season of a show just to say we did it. There right. are other things that we could be doing with our time. That feels like a direct attack on my show that reviews everything, but that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Oh, my God. No, please. Well, no, Alex, no, Pete, be honest. Like yes, I did. Yeah, no, no, no. It was an attack for me. No, yes. it's, you guys ha- I'm trying to take your listeners. I already established. Stop. <laughs> you guys are reviewers. You can review my podcast live with me right now to my face and say that it's terrible. So this- we, we do that, actually. Did I mention that? We do a recap podcast of the podcast we've been on afterwards. <laughs> I love that's that. That's also, very confusingly, that's also called Why the Cast Man. <laughs> yeah, you guys... You guys will listen to the interview and then talk over it for your reviews, which is super confusing. <laughs> but uh, I guess to each their own. It's a, it's a mess. It's a mess. So Why the Last Man, also one of my favorites. I can see how that might change your opinion of the show. Lock and Key was one of your guys' favorite comics. Yeah. Did season one do you right? Well, that's the thing. It really did feel like they captured... For me, one of the really amazing things of Lock and Key is the imagination of kids. Like this whole thing of childhood and magic and keys. And uh, Gabriel Rodriguez's art really puts that in such a cool space that does feel like you're opening up somebody's skull and what a kid thinks like that certain emotions are we're kind of seeing so like i was really impressed with what they did uh in the first season i mean we were super super nervous that we were gonna hate it but we were really impressed like they they did a good job i think they did a really good job of trying to capture the essence of the of the comic i i was surprised because i didn't read the comic i was surprised that it was not necessarily a kid show but so much about kids and yeah, I totally agree. I love the fact that they're like, uh, here's a key. It's magic. Opens magic doors. Don't use it. And you say that to a kid. <laughs> that's probably not going to work out great for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it for, uh, you should definitely, first of all, read the comic if you haven't, because it's absolutely fantastic. And I think that one of the things that fans were disappointed about and one of the things that you were very nervous about, I remember, Pete, was that it doesn't really match up to the gore and intensity of the comic book. Like the comic books scary. It is legitimately one of the only comic books in existence that has jump scares in it, and that's not an exaggeration. Like, that's a very hard thing to do on the still page, but they managed to do that, and that's one of the things that lauded them. Plus, it doesn't have Gabriel Rodriguez's art, which is very detailed and cartoony and dark at the same time. Instead, when they went for this very 80s Amblin vibe in the first season, and once I got over that, I felt like, oh, this is its own thing. That's good. They're like touching on some of the plot points. They have some of the same characters, but they're going in another, their other direction. And I enjoyed it. I mean, you yeah. can't have 
a network, if we can call it a network, a network have something blow up as big as Stranger Things, and then not expect them to a little bit gear their future properties towards that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the second season if they keep up with that, or if they potentially lead more into the horror. I guess we will see. So, of all these shows that are coming out, um, you know, you guys cover the Marvel shows, and so I think the next one is Hawkeye, right? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, all of these shows that we have coming, Doom Patrol. I'm so. Are you guys watching that? But you're just not. Oh man, it fucking love Doom Patrol. It's such a great show. So the Pete is slightly referencing the fact that the folks on our Patreon Slack are always on us to do a Doom Patrol podcast, and it has just never worked out time wise. I also love Doom Patrol. I think it's we, great. All three of us watch it, and we love it, and so we Justin doesn't watch it. I'm oh, sure Justin does watch it. Well, anyways, but Tom Hanks regardless. It's very good. It's a great show. It's so weird, so dark, so yes. interesting, so emotional at times. But it's something that just didn't work out time-wise in terms of doing a podcast, unfortunately. it's Out of all these shows, it's one of my favorites to talk about. Like, up there with probably Watchmen in that, like, let's get oh, fucking dude. philosophical right now. Like, let's get yeah. into <laughs> what it means to be a human with these five weirdos, you know? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, my point, or my question was, uh, so how pumped are you guys for Lock and Key Season 2? Like, did Season 1 kind of cool you off or you know like how how ready are you for it no very excited i mean not to plug another podcast that we did but what getting back to talking about when we had joe and gabriel on the podcast they were pumped they were talking about like yo it blows the roof off it gets dark and intense and it's a roller coaster ride and granted they're kind of in the tank for it already but yeah. i think it's the sort of thing that they would be a little more muted if they weren't very excited about it. And the fact that they're excited makes me excited. People have ways of hinting that it's not what I wanted. You know, like creators, even though they have to plug their shit, they have ways of saying like, yeah, it's not that great. Yeah. I, I, I was very excited because of, for me, like I get very upset at characters when they're not doing things that uh, I know they're capable of or paying attention to things. And Bodhi is this great character where even though that he is a kid, he's also the one who's like paying attention to shit. And it's like, hey, guys, we can't just be acting normal. We're kind of in a crazy place. Um, so I'm very excited for this season to see like how Bodhi's going to handle all these new kind of things that are coming their way. Um, because we've read the comic, we know it's only, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. So it's going to be interesting to see like how they handle certain things or what kind of keys are going to do what. And the fact that there's new keys is very exciting. Yeah. Love keys. You got to love keys. Uh, last gotta question keys. B- yeah. before we get to speed around. Last question. Um, Ooh. it's really hard for me to hear the title of the show without thinking about the song Heart and Soul. Is that, do you guys have that mm-hmm. problem? Like, lock and key. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, well, yeah. now I have that problem. <laughs> okay, I hope I hope that haunts you exactly uh, as much as it haunts yeah, you. Yeah, you just you just planted that little uh, hey, bomb in our brains. Thank you for ruining my favorite thing. Yeah, exactly. All right, gentlemen, it is time for speed round. I have a series of questions for you. Ooh. I need your first gut answer. And the new rule is because people think about these questions too much, and we don't. They, what they do is they answer how they think they should instead of what the answer really is. Uh, every time you take more than ten seconds. To answer a question, we donate one hundred dollars to Mike Lindell, owner of the My Pillow Company. Oh, so, oh no! Wow. 
Oh, yeah, come on. I was wondering how that was going to go, and it went to the worst place possible. And yeah, the donation was... will be in your name, and we will show oh, all of your listeners Jesus. and your Patreon. <laughs> okay, so Alex, we're starting with you. Okay. Good. First nerd thing. Don't count dumb. First nerd thing bought with your own money when you were a kid. Oh, probably a Marvel card, I imagine. I mean, it was probably honestly like a comic book that I don't remember, but uh, the Marvel trading cards, I was addicted to them, addicted to them as a kid, bought way too many. Just on the streets, like no shoes, dirty feet. Uh, Well, that's where it ended up. That's where it ended up. I was getting back alley Marvel trading cards by the end of the day. I don't tell people this because it's embarrassing, but I got into the cards before I got into the comics. I was like, why would I read a comic? I got everything I need here on this little card. Yeah. Wow! Here, here's my. It does give you the stats. You're kind of right. I know. Absolutely. That's all you How really need to know. How intelligent is fantastic? <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I kept with them. I want desperately wanted a Spider-Man versus Venom holographic card that was incredibly wow. rare, and I spent probably hundreds of dollars trying to get this card. <laughs> yeah. And I remember one day, I literally remember going into the local comic shop, which was called Mid Condition, and I went in and was like. This is the last one. This is the last one I'm going to get. I can't do this anymore. And I got it and I opened up the pack and there was the holographic card. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out. And my, I never bought another one after that day. My favorite thing about like that is you go into a comic book, you go into comic book clubs and, or stores and uh, you'd say, give me another pack. Give me another pack. Give me another pack. Like you're a junkie. Even though that hologram was sitting there in the case for like $15, totally. <laughs> give me another $3 pack. Yes. Give me another one. Mm-hmm. No, right, no, that, I gotta get it for the pack. Exactly. That took way too long, Alex. Mike Lindell is making money. Pete, uh, <laughs> first, first nerd thing bought with your own money. Um, it was uh, off the spinner rack. I was super proud. It was uh, it was a Captain America um, comic that uh, I got to pick out all by myself. I was very excited. The patriotism you showed. You looked down a little bit when you said that, and I thought you were going to pull it up, and you had it in your hand right now to show it. That would have been amazing. <laughs> no, that, yeah, I wish. It's though. always under Pete's shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because it's, it's, it's when he gets shot, uh, the comic book will stop it. He'll be like, I'm glad I bought this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete, going to you, first crush on a fictional character. Who? wow. Oh, man. Um, I... I I don't want to sound stupid. Um, I'm going to have to go with the, the, uh, tailspin, um, the very attractive Rebecca. lady in the, uh, bl- yeah. That's Rebecca, and she was smoking hot. Yeah. There we go. Alex? Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Such a classic <laughs> answer. Sorry. I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the name of your autobiography? Uh, Alex, <laughs> next up, uh, last truly great thing you watched, like in the Alex canon of the best things of all time. John Carter. Last, last, thank you, Pete. That was definitely not it. Um, oh my God. I'm trying to remember literally anything that I watched is that I, I really like Midnight Mass a lot. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Super into the Mike Flanagan stuff. And I thought that was really intense and powerful. And I know there's issues with it, but I thought it was wonderful too. I- how long did it take you to get through that? Uh, the regular amount? <laughs> I don't know. Eight, eight hours straight? Eight hours straight? Yeah. No, uh, I watched it over a course of a couple of nights. But. Okay. I just, I'm really into these people who, like you said, uh, about the Locky Key fans, well, it'll come out at 3 a.m. and they'll be mm-hmm. done but when the sun comes up. Uh, Pete, I, last... I'm that way with Ted Lasso. Oh, really? I just remember oh, yeah. uh, the kids buying Harry Potter books at 12 
at midnight oh, and like wow. going to the back of the crown or the Barnes and Noble and finishing the book. Uh, Pete, last truly great thing you watched. Uh, whoo, let's see. I mean, I don't want to, I said Ted Lasso. I cry every time I rewatch it a ton. It's, uh, it's very moving. Um, mm-hmm. Sal, what's something I watched the crap of that you made fun of me for? I guess, oh my gosh. Uh, Ted I watched, Lasso, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I watched, for, I, I watched Free Guy too many times. That's crazy. <laughs> that is not Did a classic buy answer. it? Yeah, I. But the thing is, I love. I mean, you talked about Lucifer. I love a a story, a will they, won't they, and then Free Guy, the kind of moment where she realizes, like, when he's. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this. I don't want to spoil this movie, but it's kind of you realizes, like, oh wait, this guy that I'm kind of in love with is programmed to be in love with me. The author is who I should be in love with, and I thought that was pretty neat. For me, Free Guy was a will he, won't he, as in will he watch it, won't he watch it, and he did not. So, I <laughs> uh, Pete, last question. If you could no longer live here, which fictional universe would you choose to live in? Uh, it's got to be a Marvel one for sure. So the 616? Yep. I'm gonna You're going to die, man. Yeah. I don't care, man. I, I'll go. It, it would be an honor to get shot by Punisher. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, no. shot, no, it's crazy that no, but... that's exactly where your mind went because yeah. that's straight up an admission you're a criminal. Yeah. Well, he, I see you There's for, no like, other reason. Dying under a gargoyle that fell off a building during another fight. But if you want to consider yourself yeah. a crime lord, <laughs> that's totally fine. No. Drug Lord Pete. And then Alex, fix the universe <laughs> you want to live in. I mean, first one that came to mind, even though I know there's problematic reasons not to say this, but the Wizarding World, the whole Harry Potter thing, mainly because I would still be a human and not aware of magic, so my life would be exactly the same. Wait, why is that problematic? Wow. Oh, I mean, the because of J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. Rowling. <laughs> that chick. I remember her. Okay, guys, thank you so much for doing this. We're all excited for Lock and Key. There's now two Lock and Key podcasts that you can listen to, The Superhero Show Show. That's fine. Keep listening to that. But also, comic book clubs, uh, lock and keen. What is it called again? Lock and key unlocked is the name of the podcast. Plus a dozen other podcasts that you guys can do. So many, too many. Oh. If you want to check it out, comicbookclublive.com is the place where we have all of the podcasts listed and we have stuff for, we have podcasts that we finished for Preacher and Krypton. We have the current one for Stargirl, as I mentioned, and Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and uh, Watchmen. We did a Watchmen podcast called Watchmen Watch that was a lot of fun. Um, so, so many more. My advice is that, you know, if you're home bored and there's a rewatch that you want to do, if you like, if you want to rewatch Sabrina or Watchmen or whatever, um, but you know, you're not sure if you want to do it, do it with you guys, right? Do it with, Justin, Alex, and Pete, and have listened to their show after every episode. It's just love a different that. way to oh, realize that. Idea. Yeah, that's great. Thank awesome. you. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate thank you. It. Thanks for having us. Uh, what? Uh, a phenomenal interview. I appreciate you saying that. Given by those guests. Wow. He just split you in half. <laughs> I, I was thinking yeah. that you might be complimenting all of us, but... They were great, and you were fine. Fine or Super fine? fine. Fine. Terrible interviewer, but goddamn, is that ass hot. 
I got that ass. I got that ass. That is unfortunately all the time we have to talk about anything this week. Uh, before we get out of here, Ryan, what websites do you want to tell the people about? Oh my god, there's so many websites that you should go to. First of all is yourpotfilter.com, the only website that has the internet address yourpotfilter.com. There you can find all of our podcasts. And Mike, I don't want to fuck you up with this word. (gasps) Articles? Oh my god, what? Are articles back on your pop filter? Uh, Articles are back on your pop filter. Uh, We have our team, our crack team has been dissecting uh, the Shang-Chi comic books for your movie viewing pleasure, thanks to the A.S. Dubs himself. I don't want to spoil anything, but A.S. Dubs, uh, let us know that Shang-Chi started out kind of racist, those comics. So what? that's what we've learned. <laughs> that's but, so crazy to hear in the 1970s. Also, make sure that you go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark. That is how uh, you should buy stuff from now on. Make sure that you go to patreon.com slash yourpotfilter and subscribe to that, please. That would be awesome. That would help us out more than anything else. And then also go to... I'm going to mispronounce this because it's not Skavengers because Skavengers would be S-K-A. Pick it up. Res- pick it up. An incredible name for a podcast. But S-C Avengers. Skavengers. Network.com where you can find a whole fucking shit ton of podcast. Yes. James, James, how what's many on podcasts here? are on the Scavengers network? Uh, 12 to 15, I think. So many. Something like that. I'm on like seven of them. <laughs> Brush your shoulder off a little. <laughs> They've told me to stop being on <laughs> shows. <laughs> That's always an awesome note to get. <laughs> Please podcast less. I always get the uh, the anyone but James when I raise my hand in class, but in my whole life, that's the goal. <laughs> There's a ton of shows on the the Scavengers Network. Would you say that that's right, Ryan? 20s is your least favorite? If you want me to, <laughs> what a good guess! I will Venmo you five dollars if you say Unnatural Twenties is your least favorite. Money is listen. Your money's no good here because it's 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 fake. Yeah, um, I don't have any money. It's not here, funny. Here's, here's something that Ryan wanted me to say. Unnatural 20s is my least favorite show. End quote. <laughs> from Ryan. Not even on the Scavengers Network. Just in general. Put that poop uh, in your shoes, Cassie. <laughs> and smoke them. James, what other show... I know we're rivals. The Scavengers Network and the Your Pop Filter umbrella. Mm-hmm. What other show should people listen to on the Your Pop Filter side? I love quizzing guests. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the one where you do the every year thing, you know, the every year podcast. That's fair. You know, it's so weird. Listeners, you, so weird? you didn't see this, but, uh, James looked around his room to figure <laughs> that out. And I think I mean, saw a poster of our yeah. podcast on his wall. He does have a bootleg poster of Ryan, myself, and Greg. And it just says the one year thing. <laughs> yeah. for, uh, some, for some reason, we're dressed as the pet boys. The real money for it. It's uh, your pot. Nope, that's the website. It's movie of the year. Yeah, where every season is a different year, and we do a bracket, find the best movie of the year. Modi, uh, rate, subscribe, review to all of these, and even though it's James's least favorite show, probably check out the Unnatural Twenties as well. We're all riveted to find out what they call it when they they're all achingly close to becoming thirty. What did they uh. do then? Ritual suicide. <laughs> Ryan, how can people get in touch with us? 
Uh, if you just heard what Mike said and you think that he should talk to a therapist, then uh, you should get in touch with us by doing a couple things. One, contact at yourpotfilter.com. And sure. two, no, that doesn't count. Uh, go to Facebook. What if they actually want to get in touch with us? Not Facebook fucking da- Facebook. Uh, uh, follow us at your pop filter on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. There's the ones we actually check. That is the show this week. James, thank you so much. Uh, if people want to follow you, where could they find you on the internet? What's your address? Uh, sure, if you want to follow. It is 1600 Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's where the Pentagon is, as we all know. Um, no, it's uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Unabashed James. Um, Unabashed, not yeah, laughable. Yeah. And uh, that's I usually retweet uh, everything that I I do both uh, that I mm-hmm. you know I'm the host of and also I'm the guest of so maybe you got here because you saw that wouldn't make any sense I also retweet other stuff but I'll retweet this show too so like they could have gotten here if you retweet it me yeah so you but, were you saying there's but, no way they but still me are listening saying it on the show and saying it's a maybe time you loop, got my brother that's true that's true that's true it's a paradox Twitter that is. A paradox. is- the show this week next week we will be covering the lucifer season finale the best actress shushy and eight different marvel and dc shows will be cut on the last episode before number 400 enough said of improv but tell me exactly what it is that uh you want me to say line by line <laughs>